0: I remember Robert Downey, like, playing as an actor who's playing in blackface. That's oh, because that's, you're always that's the, that's into the,
1: s- the black thing.
0: Yeah! <laughs> I like that they killed
2: a whale by mistake.
1: Yeah. Like, that was great, because I actually thought that was hilarious in a good way. Because, <laughs> A, whales should
0: die. Oh, my goodness. I'm
1: kidding. I watched Blackfish. No, I didn't.
0: I'm sorry. You just said that. And then... I, s-
1: I just said what?
0: You just said hardcore sex. And then um, you... I don't think I did. And Thank then, you. And then you went to...
1: Okay. While Tucson Tucson, is gaslighting me in front of America.
0: (laughs) In front uh... of America. This message will self-destruct.
2: Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we close out the summer of 2018 by reviewing both Mission Impossible Fallout and The Meg. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com. Or on iTunes. And now here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Tucson Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hello there, again, everybody out there in podcast land, and welcome in to episode 163 of Film Tank. As always, I am Alex Diekman, along with my two co-hosts, Nick Cheney and Tucson Egan.
0: Hey, hey, hey! It's Tucson. Go team, venture. Am I right?
2: Wow. Why do we keep inviting
1: him? I don't know. I'm looking at you, and I'm just <laughs> like, uh, is he still here? And then I turn, and ah, Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, so, really quick, I guess we have to address that. Are are you back in the Venture Brothers mood right now? Oh,
0: yeah, because the new season is airing right now.
1: And how have the past two episodes been? The past
0: two uh, episodes have just been just bar burners. It's just been fucking incredible. Did you say cross burners? Barn burners. Okay, sorry. Yeah, man. it's just been... <laughs> It, it, it's it's the re- joke
1: from uh, Community. It's it, it, it's it's when Chevy Chase's character appears, goes like, yeah. "Oh yeah, well back in my day, it was a real barn burner," and everyone's like, what? "And he's like, I'm sorry, did I say cross burner?" And everyone's like, like, "No, no, you no. didn't. <laughs>
0: you did. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but uh the first episode was really really good, and the ending of that was just like a total status quo um changer. And the second episode was really good, and they both had really great like." Cliffhangers. The sixth season, like I think that was the previous season. Yeah, it was sort of the intermediary of like how, like the Venture family like set up in New York and like just getting acclimated to that sort of environment. Okay, um, but. Got bought out by the Kmart family? No. Uh, J. Jonah Jr. died, and he basically bequeathed uh, all of his... Look,
1: man, if you're having... you're only a... on season four. You know this. Because oh every my... time you ask me, I say I'm on season
0: four. Oh, my God. Anyway. Uh, I don't care about spoilers. Anyway, they're going to... They. they live... I don't care about the Venture Brothers. They so live in New York now. Everybody's fine
2: with this, even though we're talking on a podcast that people may or may not listen to.
1: Here's the thing. I think what happens is, though, it's like you take all of our listeners... Every single one of them, right? Mm. And then, like, one of them will be like, you know what? I appreciated that randomly they talked about the Venture Brothers for two minutes. And yes, that's and, and the kind of, you know...
2: That's Tucson when he listens back th- to the Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, it counts. <laughs> but that's the kind of content I crave.
2: Yeah. Super <laughs> random. Anyway,
0: yeah. this season has started out really well. And I know that it's going to just keep on coming. Just continue. because I, I know
2: almost nothing about Venture Brothers. where uh, Where does that... Is that... On a streaming service? Is that on a Don't television? It's on Adult Swim. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's actually been airing since uh two thousand three.
2: Yeah, they take the longest breaks. So it's yeah. like two
1: good to three. Oh, it's worse up. than Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The Game of Thrones is honestly people bitch about
0: that. Everybody that bitches about but Rick like, and Morty, I cannot I, I cannot empathize with them.
1: Even that, but I'm saying like people were I guess this modern age. Venture brothers do- is a pretty good test though. It is. <laughs> yeah. That that that's long. But, like, they forget that we used to live in an age where even Sopranos took two years off sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, like, Mad Men had, so it's like, you know, this isn't a new thing. And if anything, usually it means it's a pretty good show because if the network is that faithful, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. in, like, oh, we can go two years, not that they want to, but if it has to happen, we can do it. That's that's pretty. I mean,
0: great. especially if you're going to get a better product out of it. Exactly. It's because the show is so specialized because it's only written by two pairs of people. Like it's yep. just like no, by two people yep. throughout the entire series. It, it's very idiosyncratic. Oh, yeah. It's I, very yeah. much their own, and I couldn't imagine somebody else writing that and show. As
1: someone who's selfish and is not caught up. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long it takes because I'm probably not going to get caught up until it's over anyway, mm-hmm. and then I can just blow through it.
0: That'll be an interesting like experience.
1: It will be. Yeah, I actually pretty much am waiting at this point because I'm so yeah. bad at retaining all mm-hmm. of the like jokes and whatnot. Because it's two years between it's every It's extremely single... dense. Yeah. Um, and so I just can't wait, so I can actually. Because I'm, I the most fun I had with that show was when I watched the first three seasons and had them to watch mm-hmm. like back to back to back. So yeah, that's probably why I stopped. Because when I watch the f- when I'm in the fourth season. The fifth was airing, so I was already starting to catch up. Now I'm way behind, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. okay. Great talk.
2: Yeah. I know. All right. That was our week in review. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> we heard about Toussaint watching the Venture Brothers. Yep. And that's all you need to know, basically. I mean,
1: did anything else happen this week? No.
2: no. Watch The Expanse.
1: Okay, Toussaint. We're actually <laughs> done with this.
0: I'm sorry.
2: I miss the old I miss the old days. Like in our like first like I don't know like four or five episodes when we would do a week in review and Tucson would start talking about the movie reviewing on that very episode. Yeah. That or amazing. he would say
1: he watched <laughs> one episode of something and then he'd be like, So when I catch up, then I'm gonna talk about it on the next week in review. It's like well then why'd you bring it up?
2: Or he'd start reviewing something he hadn't <laughs> seen yet. Uh, he was having a tough time with the 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 point of the Come of here. the, come here. Leave me bit, alone. But that's
0: over, okay. What did you watch? Uh, Don't do that.
2: Good question. Now we're going to spend forty minutes. I'm not going to talk about what this. they
1: are, but I will list off. Let's see here.
2: You I... opened this box. <laughs> no, you did. What did I this just? This is your fault. I started talking about Venture Brothers. I
1: rewatched a lot of things. Actually, this yeah. was like a huge week for me rewatching random movies. Like I, I rewatched the last five years. Last night. Wow, how um, long that, that take? And a Kendrick movie. <laughs> yes, it is okay. uh, the musical. That was just as good. Um, I rewatched. You know what? Hold on. Why don't we just fuck it and go into a week review? <laughs> we. I mean, Tucson's done. Yeah, like he can't go again. Yeah. <laughs> but... Well, you, he watched you, Venture Brothers and Expanse. This. The Expanse is
2: really good. I oh, I'm not saying it's not. Also, Tucson watched The Aviator for the first time. Yeah. Oh,
1: that is true.
2: And was Thank blown you. away by the bloody urine of Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: That's not one of the things I made note of, but... Also, one you were the... licking the screen. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You weren't there. I have I, pictures. I've, I've
2: never put this in text form, him, but I do think it is amazing. That he has that enormous plane crash through that neighborhood, mm-hmm. and no one ever comments on it ever again. I mean, went,
1: oh the, no, it's Harrison
0: Ford. They commented on it once, I think. Like what the passing? fact that he in destroyed passing. forty houses? Yeah, in passing. In passing. In passing. In <laughs> passing yeah. Yeah, because of that whole thing, you
2: had to like pay out and like you know. Like, yeah. 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 Alec Baldwin's actually really good in that movie. He is also uh, Alan Alda also fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's always good. Well, he, yeah. he hasn't had a lot of big roles Well, and we kind of
1: maybe figured out why, because it was revealed uh, that he has Parkinson's. Really? Yep. Uh, in the last, like, he's had it for a little while now. Yeah, okay. But he's only become public with it now, yeah. which hmm. I feel like his last roles, unfortunately, I couldn't tell if that was, like, something like that, or if he was so into some of his roles, where he would, I would just say, maybe playing older than he even is or whatever, but, um, but he's still a terrific actor. Sure. Um, Killed it on
2: MASH back in the good old days. He really
1: did. Yep. Even though a lot of people who love MASH could, can't stand Hawkeye, which is kind of funny. I can kind of see it, though. The whole point was he was supposed to be kind of obnoxious. Yeah. All right. Well, last five years. Oh, I rewatched The Commuter. My boy, John mm. Collet, uh sirrah, Great, great did shit.
2: You, did you see today, by the way, that um, Liam Neeson is going to uh, make a film, apparently, where he's a snow uh, plow driver? Who goes and tries to catch killers or something during a snowstorm? Oh,
1: hell yeah. I know. It sounds fantastic. That's great. (laughs) Um, I watched a French film called Young and Beautiful uh, by the director, Francois Ozan, who did the movie. I think the only notable one he did was Swimming Pool, like, ten years ago, with Charlotte Rampling and Ludvig Seminger. Yeah, those are a lot of
2: names. Here's the thing. I'll take your word for it. Here's
1: what's weird about that movie. That was, like, an art house foreign film that somehow even my mother heard about. She actually never went and saw it. But I also remember there was a standee for it in Charlestown. Like back when that came out, and I have no idea why. I most people mostly recognize it as the movie in which uh, Luding uh, Seven seer who's I think at the time was probably in her very early twenties and obviously a very gorgeous woman, pretty much walked around that movie naked. Um, there, that was yeah. I mean, it's on the poster, and yeah, it, she's naked on the poster. Not literally. She's in a bikini Uh-oh. on the poster. But I'm just saying the poster is telling you what you're in for. And anyway. Okay. But oh, this was a more straightforward movie mm. uh, about a female prostitute. <laughs> oh. Um and I actually quite enjoyed it. I rewatched The Wicker Man the original.
0: Oh my uh, god, yes. Great movie. I fucking love movie. that movie.
1: And um I rewatched the movie Things. I know you're a fan of that one. Oh. Yep. There it is, why wow,
2: you spent time watching that again, huh?
1: well, a friend came over and we drank, and
2: we wanted to watch it oh okay and were you were, were you did you have a few before you started watching it?
1: I hope no, actually, we started oh. it pretty early, and I was okay with that because I saw things that I did not remember for the first time,
2: Wow, such a rich and <laughs> that dense. is. That is genuinely a horrible movie. Yeah, I
1: know. It's a great movie. And um, the last thing I'll mention is that I've been rediscovering the films of Albert Brooks. Oh, wow. By which I mean his directorial career, which he starred in most of them. But specifically the films he made kind of during a period of like the 80s and the 90s with like two in the the other century. Um, But um, his films, man, are so good. The two most recent ones I rewatched were Defending Your Life, which uh, is the rom-com with him and Meryl Streep, where uh, his character dies in a car accident, and he goes to, not heaven, but what's known as Judgment City, and he has to literally defend his life. Uh, Otherwise, he will get sent back to try it again as a new person. And it's very... Sweet and very funny, like usually his the movies are cynical, but this one is actually just a really earnestly uh, adorable movie about just what it means to be human and whatnot hmm. rip, rip torn plays his lawyer in a great <laughs> role for him uh so yeah, that was great, and I mean I also watched uh a later film of his from the, I think the late nineties um called mother uh not mother! that no, not that one <laughs> um. It's a movie in which he plays a guy who's getting divorced for, like, the third time, and he's trying to figure out where his, you know, life is going wrong with... So he
0: moves back in with his mother. He does.
1: But it's, like, weird... Does he ever
2: discover that maybe he's the problem?
1: Oh, absolutely. But here's the thing, though. Like, that's why the movie's called Mother, because Albert Brooks is actually a smart writer, and... (laughs) He is commenting on that very trope the entire time because he's also a writer in the movie. Like, that's his career. So, like, when he keeps explaining this to his mom, because he's like, you know, I'm moving back in with you so that way I can recapture, you know, like where it all maybe went wrong or whatever. And then she's just like, yeah, I don't get it because it is stupid on its own. But it's actually a really good mother son movie. So, if you have any affinity for those kind of relationships, like, be- beyond his narcissistic journey, it's actually a good relationship movie, too, between the two of them. Hmm. Uh, and it, that was fantastic. So
2: You know, it's a little bit under the radar, but kind of since he's been out of the public view in this millennium, he's had a couple really nice roles in gangster films recently as he played the uh, main villain in Drive. Yep, and he played great. the kind of bizarre lawyer in uh, uh, A Most Violent Year. He's actually oh, pretty right. good. Pretty yep. good in that as well. So.
1: He's, yeah, I'm so glad that people are in kind of older age are casting him against type because he is really. I, I, you would never have bought that from him twenty years ago because mm-hmm. he was just too young and neurotic for. But now that good. he's
2: old, he can be a villain.
1: He can because he can do it. But it, it would be like if Woody Allen started doing that. Even ah, though like you ah, you ah. can't buy it from Woody Allen because ah. he never changed. But Albert Brooke did actually kinda of grow into himself. And yeah. uh, uh so yeah, oh, I agree. He's been doing some good work. I hope to see some more. Uh yeah, I hope been... he directs one more movie to be truthfully honest, even though I doubt that will ever happen. But if yeah. it doesn't, uh he's made six or seven fantastic movies, which is more than you can say for some directors. Yeah.
2: So I will only hit on a couple things. One, I'll hit on. Uh, I rewatched a film uh, that I enjoy even though it's horrible. Uh, so it is definitely in my guilty pleasures list. We all those. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is the Robert Redford directed golf film, uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance, which is a very influential, magical Negro film with Will Smith. Uh, as he is literally a magical Negro who comes and saves a white man's golf game.
0: Yeah, just 'cause I'm <laughs> just like I'm the magical Negro that came here and saved film Tank.
2: Oh uh, well, see, you didn't save. Yeah. You're actually making it much worse. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, that film has a very interesting. But you perform- are magical. Uh, thanks. <laughs> very interesting performance by Will Smith. <laughs> interesting. Yes. Uh, and then Matt Damon is there in his early pseudo, not knowing how to act was that phase.
1: Before or after Goodwill Hunting? It was
2: after Goodwill Hunting, okay. but before he became a real actor, right, he was just right. getting his sea legs. Yeah, there you go.
1: Because Goodwill Hunting was the first thing he did, right? Oh,
2: I don't know about that, Holy but it was shit. his first prominent role. I mean, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, and then a very bizarre performance by Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Uh, is she has this weird old timey accent? Bay. Yes, uh, Toussaint Bay. Today. So that w- that was a that was a different time. And then also the last <laughs> performance ever for Jack Lemmon uh, in um, the Legend. Really? Of yeah. That's sad.
1: Yeah. That that would be
2: his so, last. So so that's that is a very like, not great movie for many reasons. Uh, there are a lot of stupid lines throughout and. Just a lot of ro- I mean romanticizing uh golf to the point of that it's saving this man from post traumatic stress disorder. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's a magical negro. Played oh. by played by Will Smith, who, who, who when you when you think about it, when you really unpack it, like when did that film come out? Ninety eight. Yeah, it's late nineties. Ninety eight, yeah. I mean like if ever there was going to be somebody who would play a magical Negro of that time, who was the most prominent, like, black actor, like, popular black actor, it would yeah, be, huh? be Will Smith. He literally walks out of the darkness when he first appears. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah. The field of dreams. At least there was a field.
1: Well, at least there was a mythos. <laughs> um, really quickly, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to like do a weird spin on uh, the Big Lebowski there, but yeah. uh, anyway, that was great. Um, oh, like I don't even care that if like Jack Lemmon's last performance was something fluffier, like you know, Grumpy Old Men or something. Mm-hmm. But man, that's too bad that that would have to be his last. I don't know if he I mean, meant for it to be his last. Obviously not. So. And I don't put that much stock in like, oh, that was their last, whatever. I'm just saying, like, if, like if he just like. Maybe, like, killed himself a little earlier. <laughs> like, he could have ended with, you know, like, grumpier old men or something. He could
2: have ended with grumpier old men.
1: Hey, there's some funny scenes in there. Sure. I, yeah. Burgess Meredith slapping the salami. <laughs> some good bits, man. So yeah. Actually, I don't think he was in the second one because he died.
2: Oh, Mick.
1: In real life. Yeah. And then in the movie, too.
2: come, here, Mick. coming. The other film I rewatched uh, is actually, I think, a underrated film that a lot of people poo poo, uh, which is the Michael Mann film Public Enemies. Mm. Oh, uh, poo poo! Thank you, Toussaint. It's a it's a very slow moving gangster film that actually has a really really strong final forty five minutes. The film also has a lot of names in it, including yeah. Johnny Depp, Christian Bale, Jason Wait, Johnny, Johnny who? Uh-huh. Ha, ah, ah, ah. Stephen Graham. Also, Stephen Dorff, randomly. His career didn't take off. Carrie Mulgan, Giovanni Ribisi, Channing Tatum, Rory Cochran. I'm missing some people here. Billy Crudup. Yep. Now you're just making names. Marion huh? Cotillard. No, I'm not. Uh tier's in it? Yes, she's the main female. Uh, yep. So yeah, it's uh it's I kinda... would not have known who she was back then. I think it was after she won her Oscar.
1: I mean but that was the Oscar for the French movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no one was. She played fuck Edith about Piaf.
2: The she got she she yeah. started getting some roles around. Right she after no, I mean that.
1: that's <laughs> when she started getting famous, but I genuinely don't think I like noticed who she was until sure, until film. Christopher Nolan, I guess.
2: That's probably right. I mean, for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You ever watched that film? The Edith Piaf? Yes. Levy and
2: Rose? Yes. No. That is a good movie. Is it? Mm-hmm. I will take your th- word for it. <laughs> you see, here's the thing. I think you would actually enjoy it. I might. Since it's not a musical, but it is... Well, then I won't enjoy it. It is about a a musical career, and she does do a very good job portraying Ethel Piaf. At least it that seems is like
1: actually it. kind of my Achilles' uh, heel in the sunset. Like I hate biopics, but I love musical biopics, so
2: I I could see it working. And also, the film did a extraordinarily good job. Um, lip-syncing up Edith Piaf's actual music with, uh... Like, Sorry her... to
1: Bother You levels of job? It was job.
2: slightly above that. But, um, Le'Veon Rose is actually a quite good film that I would recommend, especially to you. So... You know what? I'm gonna take you up on that. Okay. I, I love to hear it. It's good. Anyways... I love to say it. Public <laughs> Enemies is wonderful. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's actually a quite good film, especially the last act. Um, and I... Um anyone who knows my like really knows me as a film viewer knows that I love
0: gangster shit.
2: Yes, that is true. <laughs> and more specifically, uh loud, well uh thought out gunfights. Mm-hmm. Uh specifically the sound editing in them. And no one on this planet does it better than Michael Mann. Mm-hmm. There's really no competition. In in all reality. Yeah. So the shootout scene, uh, have you both of you seen the film at one point? In the theaters. Yeah. So
1: I don't remember anything about it. Okay. So. May have fallen asleep.
2: That's.
0: uh, I I mean, I would have been like. Understandable.
2: Probably would have woken
0: up during the gunfight. I would have been like 14. It's pretty loud.
2: (laughs) There are some very boring parts to it. There's no denying that. I would watch it because I obviously, you know, I'm a big man fan. (laughs) Big man fan. Big man fan. It was funny when I said it. <laughs> Big man on campus. So, during the shootout scene, uh, when the uh, gangster play by Steph- Stephen Graham gets killed, spoiler, uh, there is just a shot of him dying, basically, but they're in this like weird, cold fall night spot in a forest. Mm. But there's really good lighting with uh, the moon in the background and you see him laying after he's been shot multiple times uh, by Christian Bale's character and you see his breath come in and out and then it just stops when he dies and it's just quite amazing so that's a fantastic shot and that's actually a quite good movie and a actually restrained performance by Johnny Depp who is incapable of those kind of performances anymore yeah but maybe he should be. I don't maybe. know. He was pretty
1: good as Grindelwald. Was he?
0: Yeah, he was in that yeah, film he was, for like he was, five he seconds and he did. He just like Colin Farrell. <laughs> he didn't even speak. I was going to say, the Colin <laughs> the scenes where he was playing
2: Colin Farrell, playing...
1: like That's incredible.
2: So good. You uh, would
1: actually think it was Colin Farrell there, but mm-hmm.
2: no. No, it was okay, him. Okay, Nick. No. Okay, Nick. No, they had just uh, changed masks after the, uh, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. It yep. was actually Heath Ledger the whole time.
1: That is the beauty behind the Mission Impossible mask.
2: <laughs> nice segue. Hey. So that being said, uh, summer is for the most part unfortunately over. Dead. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, the box office came, went, had some highs, some lows, but for the most part, uh, we've we've ended our big blockbuster season. Uh, especially since there isn't a Star Wars film coming out this year.
0: So Yep, no Star Wars film that came out this year. Well, No Star not, Wars not film not came not out this year.
1: Solo!
2: <laughs> he's going he's to keep, keep going. That,
1: so was by, my, that was my
2: drum solo. Yeah, so you're by yourself. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's solo. Mm-hmm. Clearly. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to talk about two movies today, and actually, I think we should talk about the film that we're going to have less to say about first... And that is uh, the Meg, the. I'm oh.
1: <laughs> just kidding. Uh-huh.
2: The, uh huh. The large shark film, uh, starring Jason Statham. <laughs> large shark. Like, I mean, that's literally no, I know, what it, it is.
1: Just, like, it just that also sounds like oh he he, he gets his clothes in the men's department. That I don't know. Like <laughs> it's it's larger than large. Okay. The Megadon. It it is. Okay. Although first they are duped by a large
2: shark. Now is it this? Are there actually two? This isn't worth talking about. No, there's two. There Th- is two. There's yeah, 2 theres Yeah. The whole point was there's a
1: megalodon, mm-hmm. right? And the megalodon's fucking shit up.
0: Mm-hmm. And it came through uh, along with the other megalodon right. during the uh, the the rupture burst when yeah. Jason Statham rescued the other folks
1: but did you notice and i'm actually i'm not defending the movie but i am being serious when i say that
0: before
1: when, when they've captured the first shark and they think they've captured the megadon mm-hmm. and then the actual meg let's call it for short mm-hmm. comes up and gets that shark mm-hmm. just before it pops up that's when jason Statham character points out to one of the characters that the teeth the teeth were, were do not match mm. What the window teeth had, yeah. which is a very weird thing for you to be able to just like eagle eye, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, so he caught on literally seconds before that the actual Meg popped up. And hmm, but I think so would, there's definitely two sharks.
0: He didn't know yeah. until the well, second shark came up yeah, that it yeah. was that Meg. Was right. Like, yeah. right, right. like, why the fuck is its teeth different? Oh.
1: Well, I mean, maybe it's got a false set. You don't know. Don't fucking judge it.
2: So IMDb has this plotline from Warner Brothers, and it is lengthy, and all I right. kind of re- I kind of want to read all of it. Do it. Why? Could? Yeah.
0: Is it so lengthy? Okay, yes. Could just go. So, so so yeah.
2: Here we go. Uh, I don't know. What I'm going to find because I haven't actually read this yet. Maybe
0: I'll finally get answers to this fucking story. I don't
2: think you will. Five years ago, expert sea diver and naval captain Jonas Taylor encountered an unknown danger in the unexplored recesses of the Marianas Trench that forced him to abort his mission and abandon half of his crew. Through the tragic incident... Oh, sorry. Though the tragic <laughs> incident earned him a dishonorable discharge from where, and ultimately cost him his career, his marriage, and any semblance of honor...
1: Wait. Well, keep going. Yeah. Uh, sorry.
2: Uh, his incredulous ca- claims caused it an attack on the vessel by this is just, this doesn't make sense. Just Continue. Just P- see it through. Vessel by a mammoth seventy foot sea creature, creature, believed to be extinct for more than a million years. <laughs> oh. But when a submersible lies sunk and disabled at the bottom of the ocean, carrying his ex wife among the team aboard, he is the one who gets the call whether a shot at redemption or a suicide mission.
1: That was <laughs> Jonas Must Jonas- no, I'm actually serious. Yeah. Are you
0: fucking kidding me? Yes, she was.
1: The- I know that they had, like, a buddy, but, but I genuinely no. never heard the line. Mm-hmm.
0: Bro, they made a note of that multiple times. It it was was re- time?
2: By but By multiple, two times means two. Okay. It was really not... It would have been easy to miss. It, was, it
0: much- was the whole crux of, like, the meat cute between him and the one Asian, like... like. I genuinely...
2: I he knew- could have just known her. I was gonna
1: say, she was on that mission, wasn't she? What's that? The original mission that he aborted. No. Oh well, see that's what I put in my head because I wasn't paying close, close attention when he's when she said sorry, I didn't believe you. I assumed that she was like on that ship.
2: No, like,
1: it is doctor. mentioned,
0: but okay. I, I I I could understand. How they you were not
1: talking that. about it every other. Whatever.
0: There is a scene where the female like. The, the the female co star of this film, I like, just don't
1: think of women as objects. Is,
0: is talking Toussaint. to like the friend of Jason Statham about stuff, and I was like, he "Oh doesn't yeah, doesn't have they're... any friends?" Well, the guy who actually went to go get him, and he's like, "Yeah, they're not married anymore." What? And I was just like, "Yeah, they were just married. They, they were the worst married couple, like just for a year, oh, and it was that, I don't so. Remember that." So there's more to
2: this. Uh, Jonas must confront his fears and risk his own lives and the lives of everyone (laughs) trapped below on a single question. Could the Megalodon, the largest marine predator that ever existed, still be alive? And is it on the hunt? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This film. Okay. Directed by John (laughs) Turtlebot. Turtletop.
0: Turtletop. Yeah, National Treasure. Yeah.
1: Hey, they are actually
2: good fun, are they? yeah, the
0: national good. treasure films are great yep they one might say they are a national treasure
1: actually, I don't think one would say that
0: <laughs> I would say that the film
2: stars Jason Statham as Jonas Taylor also stars we don't need Bing do bing Lee I'm probably mispronounced that uh rain rain wilson uh Paige Kennedy as the black guy, and Ruby Rose. Oh and also the guy from Heroes who yeah. plays the
0: the Asian who gets killed.
1: Toshi! No, no, no 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 no. Not the Asian who gets killed. Yeah. The Asian who loves to make crude jokes.
0: And also to sacrifice his life. Yeah. For those of his crew.
2: So there was hope amongst some at this table. The The Meg was going to be a fun, ridiculous
0: shark movie. Some among one?
2: No, myself and Nick were both in okay. the same, same boat uh, on this, I think. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nick can disagree with that, uh, and he's actually not here right now, as he just stepped out to go get more lovely beverages. Hey, I'm Nick! Please don't. Don't do a Nick impression ever again. I'm sorry. That was, that was very bad. Okay, just say what you're going to say. At any rate... Uh, so myself and Nick both were intrigued by this film as I think we both thought it had potential to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And, um... Not really. Yeah. Thank you very much, Deadpool. Awesome. <laughs> <Also>, are you... <sighs> It's actually from Terrence I know, yes.
1: Wouldn't that be great,
2: though, if, like, no. today's generation actually... Only knew that from Deadpool? Yeah, like, thinks mm-hmm. of
1: it as... Uh...
0: It's like when we went to go see American Sniper and somebody earnestly said, Who the fuck is Kaiser Sose?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, even there, they were just admitting they didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, like, in 20 years, watching American Sniper, being like, Ha remember when they made up Kaiser Sose
2: in this movie? Like, I don't know, it's just... Anyway. Remember when they had that real baby... No, lord so anyways uh there was hope for for the meg and unfortunately uh there's not really much for me to say about this because i thought this was just kind of bland and not good um uh, i don't think this is the worst movie of the year and it's definitely not the worst movie i've ever seen as there were parts of this that i thought were somewhat entertaining mm-hmm. but at the same time there's really nothing here to captivate the audience uh, and there also aren't many great action sequences featuring the shark, which is really all anyone's coming for. Now, what I did come for were stupid lines, and there were quite a few of those, and I thought they were, for the most part, delightful, especially early on. Mm. But as the film wore on... way too few of them,
1: considering it's an over-two-hour movie.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. it. it, it the film if is I definitely too is. long. It's like an hour and 50 minutes. Okay. It's, it's well, in the neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely too long for one. And I thought there were, like, in the first 45 to 50 minutes, there were quite a few wonderful little lines that I actually left at, and you guys didn't, I don't think, so,
1: you know, maybe that's a... I left at. well, yeah, okay, that's yeah. true. And, you yes.
2: Know. <laughs> so, um, I thought, for the most part, this film was doing a decent enough job early on, as I was on board for what this was going to be going forward, and then... Uh, this fell into an extremely bland, uh, like, Dwayne Johnson-driven G.I. Joe film in the water uh, that just had sort of action later, not a lot of suspense, and not a lot of good comedy later on in the film. And I just was, was also, pretty disappointed.
1: Not a lot of Meg.
2: No. Yeah.
1: I mean, you not nope. calling it the Meg, mm-hmm. putting the Meg on the poster talking the Meg up in your movie but let's was be expe- real
2: I was expecting the Meg to eat like 30 people at a time
1: yeah if you're a giant shark mm-hmm. we're not looking for him to just like smash into some docks okay mm. <laughs> that's genuinely mm-hmm. one whole scene where it seems like that's all he accomplishes even though he's fucking surrounded by nubile flesh
0: mm-hmm. that's a way of describing it yeah I mean, I wouldn't.
1: Young, pure, white,
0: flesh. Cool. All right, so I would probably rank this film lower than most other films this year. But you say, but if you say I, Cloverfield but...
2: Paradox, you can leave.
0: <laughs> no, I no. Here, here's what it is. Like, I think that I would. On one level, I would rank it lower. Let's than Let's other... play a game. I'm gonna
1: name a movie. Damn. Yes. And you're gonna tell me if you rank it lower than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ready? ready? The Prestige.
0: Yes, I would rate okay. it lower than don't The need Prestige.
1: Okay. <laughs> the Passion of the Christ.
0: I haven't seen The Passion of the Christ.
1: Okay. That's, That's a good. yes for That's me. That's going to be a no-go. All right.
2: All right. Do, do I get to be involved
0: in this, this? No, no it's,
1: soon. this
2: is my thing. Soon. Oh, I,
1: Hold I, on. I,
0: I, I go after There'll Gisella. be a lightning
1: round. Okay. Here we go. Son of the Mask.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't rate this lower than Son of the Mask.
1: Ooh. Okay. Okay. Cats and Dogs.
0: You know, when I last watched Cats and Dogs, I enjoyed it, so...
1: Okay. Runaway Jury.
0: (laughs) You know, I actually like the villain of Runaway Jury, so... That's actually my favorite part of that film, so I can't... Yeah. All right.
1: Disney's Fantasia.
0: Disney's Fantasia is a great movie. Why would you fucking... No, I guess of course I would rank I'm not the... gonna
1: assume anything about your opinions. I, be...
0: I would rank the Meg below Disney's Fantasia. Okay. Yeah. And Fantasia two thousand. Okay. I know it's controversial, but you know, I like both of those films.
1: Good luck, Miss Wyckoff.
0: You know, I would rank it below Good Luck Miss Wyckoff, because even though that movie just totally obliterated my brain, I still really enjoy it.
1: All right. Last but not least, the counselor.
3: Ooh, fuck!
1: Why did you remind me of that? <sighs> if you had to rewatch one,
0: I would rather rewatch the mech. Okay, before I watch the counselor.
1: All right. So do I get to chance to this? I was so excited for uh, that. You don't, because I actually that, have no other ideas in my head, yeah. and I just wanted to get through that. So I tried to play Kate yeah. with false illusions and promise yeah. and future endeavors, but unfortunately, oh, I ah, you got
2: are it. a American businessman in the <laughs> Thank 20th, you. 21st century. Yeah,
1: that's like the nicest thing you've ever said about me. Oh
2: God, yeah. So that's all I had for my initial thoughts, and really the <laughs> only thoughts I had on the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just gonna get my rating because I think we're gonna keep this short and sweet. Yeah, uh, just like me. I gave it a two and a half out of five. Uh, It's a pretty high rating for this, actually. Mm -hmm. But I did enjoy some parts of it. And um, I was just overall disappointed, though, because I wanted this to be more enjoyable. It's a summer blockbuster. It actually did pretty well at the box office. And uh, this was just a very vanilla, lame film that could have been better. It It was very much on the same wavelength as the... Uh, Dwayne Johnson film Rampage from mm-hmm. earlier this year that was just not that great
0: either. So that's all, all I got. got. Okay. So like I was saying before, I think that even though I would rank this film in terms of like star rating lower than most other films I've seen this year, I didn't necessarily – I mean I didn't like this film and I didn't hate this film. It's like so – because of this film is just so middling and in the middle of the road and boring and just
1: doesn't like stroke your ire.
0: It doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't do anything to inspire a, a very passionate reaction either way. I'm just gonna quote this fucking sentence from Wikipedia because that's what this fucking film deserves. Citation like, needed. Uh, no, it's like it has grossed over two hundred thirteen million worldwide and received mixed reviews from critics, with some describing it as an entertaining B movie and others calling calling it neither good enough or bad enough to be fun. And I think that's a that's a fair that's a fair estimate of what this film is. It's not good enough or bad enough to be fun. I was just sort of there. Um I jumped at some of the jump scares, not because they were good <laughs> jump scares, just because I'm a big old cowardly cat. Because because jump scares. I'm a I'm a big old cowardly cat. I'm just yeah. gonna Yeah, I like horror movies, but you know, whatever. Eh. Get you. But uh I thought the most interesting part of this film uh, to me, at least, was how it seems like it is. You know how Netflix has this algorithm where they w- they collate what people are actually watching, and based on the information of who directed a thing, what the genre was was in, like who actually started in it, they pick and choose and create pretty much sculpt screenplays and like cast people in their own original productions based on that information. This felt like that only, instead of Netflix, it felt like like a Chinese production company trying to basically like siphon the energy of Hollywood to sort of like portray um, like mainland China or even like like the the resorts of China in a in a, in a very romanticized sort of fashion. Like when I see like Gravity pictures, th- that's another thing. Like for this this summer, that I, I thought was really interesting. Like the more I'm paying attention to it, I see production companies like gravity pictures i see production companies like hy brothers or even ali daba pictures which also um co-produced one of the other big films of this year that we're going to be talking about on this episode Hmm. i just think that's really interesting like it's it's something that you
1: they have a type
0: they have a type they definitely have a type and uh jason statham happens to be that that type he's grizzled enough to be i don't know like a a admirable like action star but he's just nondescript enough to be able to like project yourself into any sorry of, yeah so yeah it's a it's a boring as shit movie um there's a couple of good lines i give it a half star okay
1: you you just gave this a half star yeah that's what he gave it a letter but i knew that was coming wow i mean okay yeah I also was not a fan of this movie. Uh, I I really wanted to be, um, because I'm very here for a good version of this, but the one we got was just not that. I thought at the end of the day, it uncomfortably straddled the line between wanting to be like a Roland Emmerich disaster movie, where it takes the stakes and dangers of this super seriously, but its characters still have a Enough to breathe to do a catchphrase or two with the plotting of a genuine B movie. Like, you know, a movie that is awkwardly rhythmed and allows its characters to uh, step outside of the actual rhythms of real life to do preposterous things. Um, and it, the way it would kind of do that on a dime, because it would just switch between the two, whether we're watching. Admittedly okay set pieces with the Meg, like on the boat where it has the reel, to on a dime watching one of the side characters do a really random jokey bit for like a minute, even though they're not funny because they're most of them are not comedians by any nature or
2: Rain Wilson, his career has been for the most part non existent other than The Office.
1: Correct. And actually he was one of my favorite parts of this movie. <laughs> And I don't really like Rain Wilson. Like, I thought he was going to be my least favorite part of the movie. But because he was still technically consistent in his douchebaggery and whatnot, I thought he was okay. Like, if everybody was like Rain Wilson, mm-hmm. I think this movie would have been better. But because everybody was, like, I don't know, just a little too afraid to stand out, like, even negatively. And mm-hmm. I just felt like it just, that's what contributed to his overall blandness uh, and
0: whatnot. He seems like the one guy that doesn't fit into this formula. Where no. it's like, there's he just feels like a contrivance in the algorithm where it's like, oh, we'll just throw Rain Wilson into the fucking mix. Yeah. Because he just seems like a very confused, like, philanthropist, like billionaire that funded mana one for reasons I do not understand that are not explained, and I don't think there is an explanation for him. He's just a, a rich douchebag. Du- he's a rich douchebag, but at least there's It's a, the point of the rich least... guy
1: step foot in his own creation and decides that he has other ideas for it than...
0: But there is at least a reason. Is like, how am I going to actually make money off of this? How am I going to actually do this? The idea is, like,
1: if he pays enough money, he doesn't even have to figure that out. Like, that's their job. He's just... Literally bringing the capital.
0: Yeah, that seems like a I just like a typical Silicon well, Valley douchebag type. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Although I will say, um,
2: uh, not that there's any reasoning because this is a really stupid movie. But at the same time, I mean, let's let's just give him the benefit of that for a second. If you're a billionaire and you invest many, 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 many millions of dollars, yeah, fuck in, you, money. Sure into a project like this, and then you see potentially King Kong at the other side of it, don't you have a Jack Black moment where you're just like, you know what, we're going to need to pack this bad boy up and bring him back to the mainland, because I just saw dollar signs. And- Absolutely.
1: And because he, he's the one who owns the place and has the money, he's that's why he's able to get away with things, like when he leaves them to go do it himself, which mm-hmm. I thought was actually kind of a funny scene. Um but,
2: I like that they killed a whale by mistake. Yeah,
1: like that was great because I actually thought that was hilarious in a good way. Because a whales should die.
2: Oh my goodness!
1: I'm kidding. I watched Blackfish. No, I didn't. Um, but what I liked about that scene was that that was one of the few times when the movie, uh, um, actually, I thought poked fun at the typical tropes because it's like, why would soldiers know the fucking difference in that dark of night? between, like, a whale and a whatever. So, I actually, like, if one of the scientists was on that helicopter, it would have been a plot, not a plot hole, like, I care about it. But, like, like, how did no one notice that they were, but there, that was actually just kind of funny, I thought, so. Um, And, of course, the setup of that, then, is bombing the whale, open its guts, and then come the sharks and the Meg. And actually, that was like a cute little send-off for those mm. characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty bad movie. The The other major contributing factor, like if this was actually 30 minutes shorter in general, I probably would have been slightly more favorable, even if it changed nothing. Because just by virtue of that trimming, it would have been okay.
0: If it just ended with them killing the first shark... I I would think, oh, that's a little bit short, but it seems like it stayed its welcome. Uh, that would make no sense.
1: Yeah, because that was an anticlimactic. I knew that there was... I guess I just thought maybe it wasn't alive. Um,
0: I was just expecting
2: that shark that was hanging there to eat that guy's head. Yeah, That's what everybody was expecting. But well, <laughs> I'm sorry. We live in the age of fan service, yeah. so just fucking do it. No, I was going to say, I
1: wouldn't <laughs> have been opposed to it. Um, but here's the thing, though. We spend the first 40 minutes on an expedition that while gives the Meg his origin story of, like, how he gets out to the Earth, like, we don't need that. Because we already have a prologue of a different expedition to set up the quote-unquote emotional stakes. Um, so, yeah, 40 minutes of, like, no Meg at all. Like, sure, he's there, but he's not really, um, you know, on camera whatever. That's he's there, a, but he's in our hearts. That's a... So true. That's a waste of uh, of our time. So... I, Because here's the other thing, one more thing I'll say. Uh, that sequence, like I think in this movie is awful. Like the whole them trying to go down there and hmm. get the whatever. But yet, even if John Turtletop directed, I would watch a full-length feature of that movie. Of like a alien under the sea type premise. In under which, the sea. <laughs> people are trapped in their ship, while something's out there, and we don't see it like that in and of itself is kind of a cool gimmick that I would watch, but the movies named the meg, so we don't we don't need to suffer through this for forty minutes just to get to a creature that is apparently not the meg, then to get to the meg, and then the meg doesn't actually chop up that many people if any, I think it maybe bites like two on screen. Uh-huh.
0: You don't, you mean you don't see the the Meg attacking that entire beachfront of people who are like scattering away and it just like absorbs them into his mouth and like no. grabs the one guy who's in the, the giant inflatable ball and just bursts it? You think he just got away safely?
1: Uh, actually, in this PG 13 movie, I do. I don't think he got away safely. I
0: okay. Think, I think it's implied that he died.
1: He, I think he died everything like, is implied in this movie, he, and that's he, the fucking problem. Yeah.
0: I think he implied that he died in his mouth. But don't worry, they're going to have room to... They have room for improvement in Meg 2, so... Okay. You uh, know that's going to happen.
1: I don't know that, actually. Uh, I'm not saying it can never, I'm just saying I... I'd appreciate if it didn't. Yeah, so I give it a one and a half out of five stars, because I thought it had some okay set pieces, but overall, it was uh, very, very boring.
2: Hmm? So... Uh moving on to the other film that was kind of the uh antithesis.
0: End...
2: No. Well, yeah, I guess, but not really what I was going with there, but that's okay. Uh really the end of summer uh the last really big blockbuster that came out was Mission Impossible 6 Fallout. Uh this is the second film in the series directed by Christopher McQuarrie and stars again Tom Cruise, Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg. But also has uh, appearances, again, by Alec Baldwin, Sean Harris, and Rebecca Ferguson. And also has appearances by Henry Cavill, Angela Bassett, and Wes Bentley. So, the film uh, surrounds Ethan Hunt, surprisingly, and his IMF team, along with some other familiar faces, as they race against time after a mission goes wrong, which is also the plot line for every other
0: Mission Impossible film. Yeah, but, you know, they're all different in their own way. Sure. So, uh, who wants to go first? I think Nick should go first. Okay. Hey. Hey.
1: I enjoyed this movie. Okay. I enjoy all of these movies. To be honest, even the worst ones, I'm actually a pretty champion... Of because I think Mission Impossible Two is actually very underrated, while some people hate that movie. So I'm very biased when it comes to this franchise. I think I was the one that kind of got this group watching these again. Yes, I, I took I took well, the Ghost Protocol. Yeah. yeah, over to this house, and we. I know at least me and Alex watched. I can't remember. I think uh, you had watched it already. Or something I haven't
0: or seen the one directed by Brad Bird. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the one directed by Brad Bird or by John Woo.
1: Wow. Well, we're gonna watch that one one day. Oh. That's great. I mean, they're
2: both great. Yeah. I mean, we did we did an episode in our first year. Yeah, on of, Rogue uh, Nation. On Rogue Nation. Yeah, and Rogue Nation is a very good film. Yeah. yeah, not even just in the Mission Impossible series; it's just a good movie. It yeah. is,
1: yep. and that trend continues here. Mm. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of this movie. I thought everything in this movie was just pitch perfect, which, like. The emphasis on the entire phrase and not the latter word. I just thought that when things were happening on screen, they were happening to their fullest capacity, yeah. and that's all I want out of a Mission Impossible film. There's Whether nothing, there's
0: nothing half-assed about any of these, yeah. these scenes,
1: and that's like, and that's kind of twofold. It's 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 inherent in the scenes where Cruz is dangling off shit that he shouldn't be dangling off it. Hmm. But it's also inherent in the kind of quieter scenes, like the entire uh, club watching Cruz as he talks to uh, his—I don't know—Mark that he has to, the, yeah. wh- whatever her name is. I kind of forgot. I, I right.
0: learned that that character. She she's really good, she, though, She's like. the auctioneer. She's the uh, she's the person who, like, yeah. acts as sort of a concierge between like a different as as between different criminals and like helping them get certain services and goods and stuff like that. I learned that she is actually in, in her scene where she talks about her mother, like her mother is actually a antagonist character in the original mission impossible. So that, oh, was, sort of, shit. So that was sort of like a throwback. Oh to shit. That.
1: Yeah. She saw it. Don't do this to me. I love that. I know. Oh God. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just going to cream my pants. Um, but that club scene though, mm-hmm. where he's talking to her and he's trying not to get killed, yeah, like that is just that's kind of what I love about um, this recent wave, I would say, of actioneers from John Wick to Mission Impossible, where they actually think of action as comedy set pieces, and I don't mean the like um,
0: physical comedy.
1: Well, I, no, I do mean that. I w- what I don't mean is like like a Kevin Hart. Yelling and crackling uh, while firing a gun. Nobody wants that shit. You know, whatever. I mean, like, actually kind of reminds me of, like, the heyday of the 90s and early 2000s when we had a lot of uh, Jackie Chan buddy movies, Mm -hmm. whether it be uh, Owen Wilson in the high noon series or whatever, because there's, like, a Charlie Chaplin-esque comedy uh, semblance to some of the gymnastics that go into these kind of hilarious routines and interactions between people. I mean, the scene in that club where it's not just him too, but every member of the team steps in at the right moment to dispatch another baddie that Mm. makes themselves known. It's just a wonderful little domino effect. And um, I just thought, like, I was just kind of cackling to myself, not because it's such a, like, it's a blunt joke, but just because it... Pull something like that off with the panache of uh, <laughs> a very entertaining circus.
0: I think my favorite kill in that sequence was... Um, Thanks
2: for getting us back on the rails. Just... I
0: think it was like the the first kill that he did that somebody came up to him and he just like stabbed them and then like sat them down in a fucking chair as if nobody was going to fucking notice. Like, oh, yeah. this is a huge room. Everyone's fucking looking at you. You're literally stationed near the bar, which is the most active center of this entire fucking room. But
1: that is kind of the John Wick school of action, too, though, where like if you're in a loud club, you can do this kind of shit. And it's not because we're supposed to believe it, but we're supposed to f- find it funny that these... Situ- but you even tried. Yeah, like that the situational context has some hilarious bearing on their uh quote-unquote foolproof plans." yeah Um, i
2: love the scene by the way this is such a somewhat random segue but when uh john wick uh stabs common uh Mm -hmm. and he leaves him on the subway Mm -hmm. and they go back to common who is not a great actor yeah uh and he's like half smiling at him that's actually wonderful he's like slumped in the chair like "Mm -hmm."
0: he's got like the double chin going on like he's like at Thanksgiving, he's had too much like Potatoes? No, but he's
2: got that half-smile going on because he knows, he knows he's fucking gonna... beat. Yeah. He knows he's going to he's... come back. Well, okay. Yeah. But that's not what I was going for again. Yeah. But that's okay. But I love that scene. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah.
1: And, uh No, no, no. Uh, I'll wrap it up. Uh, overall, though, I thought all the returning players hit their mark. I, I love Simon Pegg in this. I pretty much always do, and I'm always thinking that I'm going to get like annoyed by him because
2: he's doing the –
1: Annoying. Doing different
2: things in every movie, though. Yeah,
1: and that's what makes it work. Yeah. And he's never not, like, competent.
0: He's like a like funnier cue.
1: Yeah. Like they, it's not he's, like he, they... has a,
2: he. You know what's interesting? Yeah. He has an arc throughout the films. Not that in one particular true. film, but no, he yeah, started yeah. early on. His reluctance
1: of being literally on the side mm-hmm. to what we're seeing him now is actually. And it's built up in every film. And been, I want to yeah. say it's Rogue Nation, where he becomes literally, like, brought into the fold. Like, I know... And now he's he's, full-on in,
2: but he still is not as good of an agent as all the other people. So, yeah. But... But He's come a long
1: way. But he can do uh, things like the old mask switcheroo. Um, And we'll talk about that.
2: This series has just given up all hope of getting away from that, and it's amazing. No,
1: it never should, though. No. Only because it still is only doing it like once per
2: movie. Hmm. The last two have both had it twice, and I'm totally fine with it. Mm.
1: I mean, twice in the sense that you're talking like the Wolf Blitzer uh, yeah. prologue, okay. But I mean, one that like fully changes the plot of what you just like of what you're seeing develop throughout the whole
2: narrative. I've got thoughts on that part and. If, okay. Do you mind if I just jump right into that? Because nope. we're kind of talking about eh, it already. I'm done anyway. Um, are you really? Yeah, no, I meant that literally, not okay. like
1: me being an ass. <laughs> oh, okay. Well,
2: fucker. Uh, I will say this uh, before I get into my initial thoughts on the mask part of it.
0: I think this film series... Son of the Mask?
1: Or are we talking like <sighs> the mask? Are we talking Alan Cumming or are we talking Jim Carrey? You think there should
0: be a mashup between Mission Impossible and the mask?
1: Swing...
0: Ah. I mean, that would be
1: yeah.
2: Definitely who be would be there. the villain?
0: Um, I think it would be different <laughs> people who are trying to get the mask. So here,
2: here's here here's my thought though. Uh, we can have a Mission Impossible and mask mashup, okay? But it has to be in the tone of the original Batman
0: series with Adam West. I don't know if Tom Cruise can do that. Can he do? That? Oh,
1: can he do that?
0: Oh yeah, like he can. can he do that? Yeah, I was no, I, I was just I was just thinking of like, can he do like crazy and out there? And I'm like, oh man, I'm really. It's been a while. I'm sorry, Ever guys. Heard of a yeah, I know. Movie I, I called His Life.
1: Tropic Thunder.
2: <laughs> he was in that. What the fuck? Are you serious? Come I for- on. I forgot that Plays
1: he was... the agent. Yeah, Less Les
2: Grossman or whatever it is or something like that. I want you to punch him in the face
0: really fucking hard. Come huh. on, man. No, I don't remember. God damn it! I'm sorry. Why do we don't even look, have him on here? Don't look at me like that. I remember Robert Downey like playing as an actor who's playing in blackface. That's oh, because that's, you're always that's the, that's the into s- the black thing. Yeah, because that's a huge, prominent fucking part of the fucking film.
2: Also, he got an Oscar nomination for that. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Get back. I was trying to figure out what ludicrous song he was dancing to, by the way, at the end.
0: Get back, get
1: back. Y'all don't know
0: me a lot. Anyway, continue. Diet Coke. Yeah.
2: So, uh, the mask portion of these films, I mean, the Wolf Blitzer thing. Actually, I thought that scene was brilliant, by the way. I agree. Uh, But the other scene... um, I think this film series is making the switcheroo things too obvious for the viewer who's looking for it, which is me, because I'm sitting there, even though I hate spoilers and I like to be surprised. and am like, oh, that was funny. Uh, I've seen the films in this series, and I know that something like this is coming. So as soon as the setup comes, uh, I actually saw this film with uh, Brian and his uh, son and how it, did it play for his son? I'm just curious for someone younger than us. He enjoyed it. Good. Mm-hmm. Cool. He enjoyed it. His uh, his son has seen uh, the last year's uh, version of it, uh, which I was kind of surprised about.
1: You know what? I'm not.
2: No. Um,
1: because... It's Brian's son. <laughs> I wasn't going to make uh, assumptions about Brian's uh, parenting, saw No, I was That's just saying. Fine for I, you to I, do. I
0: would assume that Brian's son is as much of uh, into no. the cinema as Brian.
1: But uh, if we're talking content-wise, though, it is just like Stand by Me. It's like a rated R movie okay. that, if kids want to see it, I think they should be allowed to see it yeah. because it is just as much about childhood as it is about the horrors of adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That. Infringe on
2: Joker. And childhood is scary as fuck. No. See, like he had seen that, but then we got to talk about Deadpool and Brian's like, Oh, he's definitely not seen that.
1: Yeah, but that's different. That's mm-hmm. like do you yeah. want your kid to be like, God, oh, the clown is scary? Or do you want your kid to be like, You're a cunt?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. That would be
2: kick ass, but that's alright.
1: Oh, like do Deadpool's you... not gonna say the C word?
0: Are you are you okay with your kid watching kids team up in order to kill a homicidal alien clown or are you are you going to let them watch a film where Deadpool makes a joke about I don't know smegma or something plus,
1: like that plus it teaches you teaches children that swearing is dorky because only one of the kids like swears a lot mm-hmm. and they're always just like man shut up yeah it's a, it's actually
2: a pretty good I think that's a good message I'm looking forward to the sequel even that's, though I have never seen the firm film the camera. Everything Gemma, I hear which, about which, that sequel is just getting me rock hard, my friend. Yep. Because I thought the first I, one was pretty good. I actually, and, and I don't know very much about the character, but uh, everybody wanted Amy Adams to be cast, and then when they casted Jessica Chastain, I was pretty ecstatic because, in my opinion, she is a far superior actress than Amy Adams. Here's so, the thing, though. I me.
1: actually agree with you mm-hmm. acting-wise, but I will admit... Amy Adams looks just like uh, whatever her name is. Like, I know they're both redheads, so obviously they look like each other and whatnot, but, like, it's kind of scary how much that girl. See how the makeup team does. Which, I I mean, it will not be hard at all because they still look like each other, for sure. Yeah. I'm most excited about Bill Hader, because I think he's done some really great serious work, and not a lot of people have seen that kind of
2: side. The Skeleton Twins? Is yeah. Is that the film with him? I thought him that and was the... a good movie. Oh, why am he... I blanking on a... Who's the...
1: Kristen Wiig? Yes. Yep, I thought that was a good movie, where he did that, and also, people are raving about his work in the HBO show right now, Barry, so I think that, will be, that was a perfect casting. But anyway, that's a horror movie that I think you will like, because it is a duology that Needs both movies. It's not some random horror, you know, like, we need a sequel, type Dragon whatever. they more
2: Activity 6. Yeah, no.
1: And because it's still got that Steven Spielberg vibe to it of, like, this is a children coming-of-age story first. Does it have a Stranger Things kind of thing going on? Well, Stranger on? Things has a it
2: <laughs> yep. thing going on because... <laughs>
1: No, I'm just saying, like, that's literally part of its inspiration with the original novel and the original. I guess I'm specifically talking
2: about the film that came out last year, not necessarily the source material.
1: Technically, yes, because sequentially Stranger Things came out before this movie, Mm -hmm. but it has been around, obviously. Sure. And the other unfortunate similarity is that they did it the right way, which is they moved the timeline up. So they moved the children's story from the 50s to the 80s. So of course it looks just like Stranger Things now, but um, mm. you can't help that. That is. But they only did that so that way when they did Thirty Years in the Future, because the book came out in the eighties, it would be now instead of like back in the eighties, which would yeah. have been weird. So yeah.
2: anyway, um, I will say, uh, and this is the last thing we can talk about about it because I hey, still do need to see the film do. from last year, Wonder. which I'm 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 into seeing it. So I'm probably going to wait at this point until October. But, Absolutely. Um. That trailer, that first trailer with uh, the kid just following the boat down the drain, um, that's actually just a fantastic trailer. It is,
1: and uh, it's even better in the movie. Mm -hmm.
2: Speaking of good trailers, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this when you saw Mission Impossible, but the first trailer for the new Damien Chazelle film, First Man... Was absolutely fantastic, nope. and if you disagree, that's
0: fine. Well, I mean, I did see that trailer because we all went to go see Mission Impossible together.
2: No, we didn't. No, we didn't.
0: Really? No. Yeah. <laughs> what
1: the fuck? That's all right. He went with, I went with Brian. Brian. I, went with, yep. I went with my dad. Mm. I don't know who you went with. Literally, none of us were in the same room
2: together, oh, which is great. fuck. But likely, we probably all saw the first man trailer. Yeah. And I actually thought the first man trailer was terrific.
1: Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm actually excited for that movie. And I like quite a bit of what I saw about that trailer. One thing that pissed me off about that trailer
3: Mm.
1: was I thought that that was actually a bad trailer. And I know you'll disagree. Because I don't want to watch two minutes of the camera shaking just to simulate the spacecraft going off if I'm not watching the movie because to watch that isolated is just fucking boring and stupid cuz that went on for a long time
2: Here's uh yeah, okay. I think for me at least Please what stop doing that? Why I have to I that mean was that's the camera. literally what happens in it. Um <laughs> <laughs> for 2 minutes. Yeah. Um I mean they're doing a normal trailer
1: first, but yeah. because they're doing a sneak peek. Eh.
2: Here's why I will disagree with you and I think your point is valid. But for me, who, spoilers, was a huge space nerd when I was younger uh, and went to space camp when I was 12 years old. Holy shit. Um, I, you're I was. Went to Alabama to go to space camp for a week or eight days or whatever it was. It's adorable. I know. Uh, I was all into NASA. I love pretty much any film about the space program, uh, not necessarily that involves space, but about. Anything that involves going to the moon or going to space, like Apollo 13, any films like that, I am, I'm on board with that. I'm going to
1: watch my favorite documentary, which is that For All Mankind, which is all the footage from no. the expedition
2: to the moon. We should watch it sometime. Shit. Anyway. And probably drink maybe a little bit. Just a little bit. Speaking of... Uh... Hey! Quickly finishing my <sighs> thought. We're eventually going to get back to Mission Impossible. Okay. But um, that being said... I thought the uh, two minutes of footage at the very beginning of the trailer. <laughs> why is it all the way over there? That is quite the angle that makes. Um, I thought the two it minutes name it at the running. beginning of the trailer was absolutely fabulous, and that's why I liked it so much. Just because that. that, the just how everything transpires in that little section of the trailer, well, a major section of that trailer, uh, I just thought it was just brilliant and I loved it and I loved seeing it in a trailer form because, in all honesty, um, it felt like something different than what we see in every other fucking trailer that comes out now. So I can say that I, I was a fan, yeah. What were you gonna say?
0: I was gonna say, uh, speaking of space films about the moon landing, uh, I've actually been meaning to watch that one film called Operation Avalanche, Avalanche. which uh, have you seen it? No, it's like it's the it was
1: at Sundance the year we were there.
0: I don't know, has I don't know if it's been distributed yet, but it the it's premise of it sounded and really. If you want to watch it, it's on Shutter. Really? Yep. So if you... I'm not gonna get Shutter, but. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, cool. It's like
1: yeah. 4.95 a month. Is not it? Let me go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I'm just like, there's nothing like.
2: I'm not gonna use that.
1: There's actually Shutter. a million things on Shutter that okay. are fantastic. So, like,
0: I already have like a lot of other services and like you I gotta cut one and then i do you yeah, have a movie pass, that. Tucson? No, fuck okay, no. Good. Okay, Why would good. I do that?
1: I canceled mine. Did you did you yeah, yeah. did they uncancel it? Actually, yeah. Mine
0: Yeah, that's right. So yeah.
1: No 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 no. I mean they didn't uncan like I was able to cancel it.
0: Okay. Because, like, they've I know actually. That was a huge yeah. thing.
1: Here's the thing I didn't cancel it when everybody else did. Ah, uh, Because oh, okay. I'm yeah. cool. Yeah. No, but people were canceling it before they got that email. I got that email and I was like, oh, yeah, I got to cancel it. But I canceled <laughs> it and it worked. So, anyway. Um, uh, here's Here's the thing, though, since we're off topic, but this is still on topic. Okay. Overlord. Who saw yep. a trailer for Overlord?
2: I did. Oh. Oh yeah.
1: That was like the premiere of that trailer, right? I've never yeah. seen that before. Yeah, I've never yeah, seen that. Yeah, from
2: uh that's the one with uh Wyatt, um
1: Now they're not saying that it's a Cloverfield movie. It's
2: from
0: Bad Robot.
1: Isn't it a Cloverfield movie?
2: Uh, I don't give a fuck.
1: I'm not like trying to like literally like Play coy about. I mean, like genuinely, I thought Overlord was supposed to be the next
0: Cloverfield. Originally, earlier this year, it was speculated to be a Cloverfield film, but that was before we knew about the Cloverfield Paradox. No, I
1: thought we knew that there were two movies in the doc. Cloverfield Paradox being one, and Overlord because they said, and there will be a period piece, World War Two.
2: A, um, I'm I'm for the most part with you on this. That I feel like it's definitely a good possibility. But B, uh, we're in a climate now where people were like, oh, that Life film, that's a prequel to Venom. And then people went and saw Life and they're like, oh, we got fucking duped. Yeah. We had to just see this awful movie. It had nothing to do with Venom. According to Screen Rant,
1: Uh Overlord is not a Coverfield movie, Mm -hmm. but the name of the article is that and then what happened. So clearly it was at one point or something
0: like that. Because it's so easy to make a Cloverfield film. I have yeah. to tell you, I don't give a fuck
2: at this point. Yeah, that's, oh, what I mean, I that's, where, that's where I'm
0: at. Yeah.
2: Uh, do you have anything to say about the trailer? Like, did you like it? Um, actually, I was kind of okay with it. Like, I, would
1: I kind actually, of was too. I, I would. Yeah. I, I kind of want to know more as far as like here if anybody likes it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um I I watched it. I thought it was okay. You watched I, the trailer, not the film. Yes, I watched oh. the trailer. That's what we're talking about. I think about.
2: that's what Nick's alluding to, that he's not going to see it if people don't like it. Yeah. Right? I saw the yeah.
0: I saw the trailer. I thought it was okay. I can't really I can't really say what I remember of it. I remember like there was some gross shit that happened at the end, but uh oh, whatever. Um
2: uh, there was a film that came out ooh, like Seven or eight years ago um, with, I think it was Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig called Cowboys and Aliens. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's a throwback. Yep. And um, usually the mashup between those genres doesn't go well. And I'm I'm using that as an example. Mm -hmm. But the genre mashups or something like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah. um, Usually those are a fucking disaster. Or
0: R.I.P.D.
2: The only thing that this what the fuck you're using the absolute worst example possible. That's a
0: mashup. It is. It's a police procedural mixed with like supernatural like
2: shit. Oh,
1: but you mean bright? <laughs> Am I bright? No,
0: but this is more of like supernatural and like the
1: and a fucking police procedural like an, like in an, an, the horror till it's got like.
2: Did you ever see Bright Tucson? No, you should do it. I don't want to watch I... that. You should. You should watch. No, it. no I think should... I know.
0: I think I know enough about. There's bright. Be a sequel. I don't give a fuck. We're going to have to watch It's going gonna,
2: it's
1: gonna to be a Christmas theme, and it's going to be called All is Bright. <laughs> wow. And they're going to have to fight Santa.
0: Christmas vacation. All over is again.
1: Goldberg
2: going to be there?
0: Hopefully. <laughs> you were going to say
2: something.
1: I was just going to say that, I don't know. Okay. Let's just go back to Mission We Mars. were
2: We were talking randomly. About masks. We were talking about oh about R- R.I.P.D., but we were oh, talking about, okay. about
1: uh, Overlord. Yeah. One thing I will say about the trailer, mm-hmm. and why I, I agree with you in the sense that mashups of this nature have all been historically bad, and it's not a good idea, the trailer does kind of make it seem like if that is an element, it might be like a third act element as far as getting like full confirmation as to what's happening.
2: But you already overplayed your hand. Like... Well, I'm not saying
1: they didn't, but mm. I, I come from it at a different angle because I'm never... Oh, I'm or I'm always okay with trailers spoiling things and whatnot, whereas I feel like you've been on the other side of that like well, not wanting to see which I can understand. I'm just saying like it, it's never bothering me if they overplay their own.
2: The, the problem for me, uh if a trailer overplays everything that goes into the third act, that means their film has nothing. And well, I means you just watch the movie.
1: And I can totally that's why I'm saying I definitely understand why anybody would not then
2: not even because I don't want it to be spoiled, yeah. just because they literally have nothing to show you, so they are showing you the entire story. I agree. Yeah. So, no. but but yeah, I mean, if it's good, like I'm on board with it. Like, an- there's another trailer that's not a mashup film necessarily. It's I mean, it kind of is, but not really. But it just looks quality-wise fantastic, mostly because of the casting. But the film Mandy with Nicolas Cage looks mm. delightful. Sure um, and I'm pretty sure I know every single part of what happens in that movie. And it's totally fine. Comatose. That's true.
1: There are obviously movies like that where the plot is not...
2: Inconsequential yeah. to the to the ending of the film. Yeah. Um, but something like Overlord, it just... That's true. I get you. I don't know. I get I you. Know. If... if um, if it gets I wish a... trailers
1: could be more like they were in the in the Hitchcock era, where they just let the director do whatever the fuck they want, and if they wanted to just stand in front of the camera and be like, You're not ready for this movie, you pussy like why can't we go back to that day and age?
0: To I'm... that day and age or the day and age where they had narrators <laughs> who actually like narrated like what the film was going to be about and no, just like they I'm clipped kidding,
1: that with in general. Yeah, that was the other flip side of the coin, right, yeah. obviously I, but
0: I I think
2: we really need to get to a point where more people like Paul Thomas Anderson
1: make their own trailers yes
2: yeah because he knows how to do it he does and you get one trailer for the film and yeah. you see what it's going to be and go see it or don't
0: yeah we speak to one his... song and one song only <laughs>
1: and when you watch his trailers after you see the movie I feel like you like it just as much like you start to see how he truly embedded an entire movie DNA into this two minute thing and it's crazy but that's the
2: problem is that there are and that's why I think actually we're getting so far off topic here that's but, okay eh, whatever gives a fuck no one's listening anyways yeah uh, I'm just
1: kidding mom I love you
2: we saw the Academy uh, last week introduce a new category which was yeah best popular film but I actually am. Oh in, boy! I actually oh, am boy. in the camp that there should be an Academy Award for best trailer. Yeah,
1: and we all know what happens at that camp. Okay, those counselors run amok.
0: Yeah, okay. that sleepaway camp. What? Anyway, we're no, so no. far off the beaten path.
2: That's fine, but actually, I'm not talking about shit like Suicide Squad, which uh, tricks people into wanting to see the movie. I'm talking about an actual, really good trailer that both tells you what the film is going to be about, but also doesn't tell you what the fucking entire plot is. You know,
1: all you're doing right now is telling me why we shouldn't have a best popular film category, but why we should have a best trailer category. That's right.
0: The, I, I, I'd be much I would, more interested. I would in argue that for than that best too because, film. like, but
1: that sounds fantastic. Actually, hold on, I'm gonna make a call.
0: The one reason why I don't agree with like having directors make. Trailers themselves is because <laughs> God, Nick is so... going all in on this. <laughs> so fucking rude. Anyway, hello, um, white I'm person. I'm the one on the phone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mr. The, white person? The reason why I don't agree with Paul... Are
2: you sure La La Land did not win? Because I really was rooting for
0: that. The reason why I don't agree that Paul Thomas Anderson should be the one to make trailers for his own films is because.
2: <laughs> what?
0: Look. Can I just fucking explain what I'm what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I wish you would. Okay, I, I see your point, and I think that he would make great. I, I think let that a, he would make a. Look, I think he would make great trailers for his films. But I'm he, talking. He about, already, he already let, does. Let, let, him,
1: let him get it all out of his system. You know what? Okay, I'm saying.
0: Here's 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 what what I'm I'm trying to reason this with. Okay, the process of making a trailer is not as, as slapdash or as simple as people might think it is. Like, there are actual production companies that are designated for the purpose of creating trailers for films, and maybe Paul Thomas Anderson can do that. Maybe he can do that on his own time. Most people are, are editing their films down to the fucking minute, and they just give the whatever... Uh, footage they can to the actual production company and they're working on that for like in excess of a fucking year so you want to add more fucking time to their production no. cycle for them to both work on editing the film and a trailer simultaneously that's just where i'm at. i'm here's, maybe i'm unreasonable here's, that's just where i'm coming at
2: here's what i'll say i want trailers to be better i want them to be better too because i want the trailer to actually tell me what i'm going to I see i also
1: want them to be shorter I think that would actually help with what you're green. describing. Yeah. What you're we don't
2: need two
1: minute trailers. We just need like a good fifty seconds or something, maybe a minute. Yeah. I'm sorry, but what we call teasers are not teasers. Teasers would be like a legit fifteen second trailer where we get a. But piece are you awesome. talking about a
0: teaser that announces that there's a trailer coming yeah, like tomorrow? Kind of I, I hate that shit.
1: Right. But why why spend time and money on I, that if we're just gonna do another one? I yeah. will
2: say this. When studios get control of trailers, which they almost always have, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to do whatever is possible to increase people's likelihood to go see the film. Mm-hmm. So you have stuff like Spider-Man Homecoming having every single Iron Man scene mm-hmm. involved in the trailer. Or so even some are like... that are
0: constructed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Like, like the ending scene for the Spider-Man Homecoming thing where it sees them like flying off. Yes. That's not there at all. Yeah. No. Yeah.
2: Uh, or you have something like um, X-Men Apocalypse, mm-hmm. which has Wolverine appearing in the last scene, even though it's basically non-existent. I mean, he literally is there, yeah. but he's not a part of the film. right? I mean, anything to get, and obviously one of the most famous examples is the Suicide Squad trailer, which took a shit movie and turned it into a really good trailer. Mm-hmm. I want to know what I'm going to see. I, I don't want to some fictitious thing where I'm like excited to go see the new Fantastic Four film, and then I get to the theater, and I'm like, wait a minute.
0: I think I'm willing to agree with the middle ground of Nick's sort of solution to that because I think that having a shorter, like having a shorter trailer on average, just in general for most action films, for most like big budget films, I think that'd be more intriguing. I think that'd be more interesting, and it would probably cut into the problem of me having seen every single scene and being able For to construct real. the entire arc of it. Whereas it's, if it's just so rapid fire, or if it's so succinct that I just can't like really piece it together, then I think it solves that problem. Yeah.
2: But you will look at, uh, sorry, do you no, mind right, if no. I,
0: yep. no, go. you look at a trailer
2: um, that is like trailer, like uh, the alien covenant trailer is a good example, which as a trailer, I absolutely loved. Uh, And there are images that are linked together in that that could lead stupid people like myself's brain to put things together and then you get to the film and they are things that have nothing to do with each other, but they want you to go make you want to go see the film like you see uh, Michael Fassbender looking out the bottom of the alien ship. Uh, towards the ground and you cannot see what he's looking at in the trailer and then the next shot is of a xenomorph attacking a ship and my brain is just like wait a minute he's looking down on that and then that happens and that's awesome obviously I know that those scenes aren't linked together but because I saw them back to back in the trailer I'm like this movie's going to be awesome and then I see the actual film and both of those scenes are not as cool as they were in the trailer anymore so Mm. I I don't know um what I was going to say
1: is mm-hmm. to wrap it all up like to put a nice bow on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The reason why I feel this way about movie trailers as far as they should be shorter and I do think they should be more altruistic in the sense that I feel like a director should be able to find time to work with maybe a, a couple of his producers and what I'm not saying he has to do it all right. on his own but like do it in-house and not ship it off to a person who's never actually seen your movie. I know they get the footage, but still, it's not the same thing, right? Um, I have not seen a trailer actually make use of its running time since uh, Mission Impossible: Fallout, which was maybe the first trailer—I would say the first normal trailer—just a standard blockbuster boilerplate trailer uh, that never outstayed its welcome. I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen it, and I never got sick of it. And That is kind of a rare thing in this day and age of trailers.
2: I will say Mission Impossible is lucky that it's in its own... There are so many action set pieces that they had a lot to work with.
1: True. Not to mention, though, it also ties into the very nature of being nostalgic for Mission Impossible. Because that's one of its most iconic images, is montage editing of his greatest hits before you've seen his greatest hits. <laughs> like So even watching, so maybe it's just a pure call and response of like, we're hype for Mission Impossible because every Mission Impossible movie opens by telling us we need to get fucking hype mm-hmm. for Mission Impossible. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe it's a cheat, but man, did that trailer always uh, amaze me.
2: The original trailer for this film was absolutely fantastic. Agree. Um and the second trailer was good too, but the original trailer was fabulous. Yeah. So closing my thoughts yeah, on the mask. Your thing. opening thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, first the mask thing. We're gonna we're gonna clear that <laughs> out oh, yeah. here. So um the scene that involves Simon Pegg and uh Jared Harris, I believe it is. Jared Harris. No
1: Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about, but not Jared Harris.
2: No.
0: He's another stock like guy with an accent who plays yeah. a bad guy all the time. He's like, your mission, should you choose to accept it, did you ever think about not accepting it? You are like a kite dancing in a hurricane.
2: That wasn't bad. Uh, (laughs) Sean Harris is actually (laughs) the actor's name, not Gerald Harris. I'm so sorry. Are they related? No. I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, that scene I saw coming a mile away, Yeah, and I think it was intentional that... Yeah, so it's... But here's the thing, uh, though. But, but I also thought the original scene was intentional, too, because I thought, oh, wait a minute, this oh, yeah. is all fake.
1: There's no way... But both scenes did, had the same effect on me, which but, but, is...
2: But there were people, because I saw it, uh, This uh, I saw it technically well, opening night. there's always to people who
1: don't, I'm just saying, that's just I what. know, but
2: I feel like it was the majority of people who are like, oh, my goodness, it's not actually CNN. Well, here's oh, the come thing. come on. I, we I, see lots of movies here. I know we do. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's all I we do right
1: um but here's what I'll say about those two scenes though and what makes them work even when you and I and other Mission Impossible vets <laughs> where my peeps at um see these movies, and we know when these moments are coming, for me at least, maybe I'm just trying to be a little humble, but it's always a slightly bigger scope than I was expecting, and that's what's fun about it. It's like, I know there are masks involved in this scene, but I still don't know how every single person in this room is involved with this con. Mm -hmm. So... With the CNN thing, I knew that that was fake, but I had no idea that the room itself was a soundstage. I just thought they went into his room. You know what I mean? And little things like that. And same thing I'm with, with you. Yeah, and same thing with even something as simple as the uh, the, the, the other one, the one with uh, Sean Harris and, and Simon Pegg's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that that was a setup and whatnot, but I actually kind of...
2: It's kind went, of like a magic trick. You yeah, want to see how it's done. And I
1: kind of went with the... Yeah. Alec Baldwin falling out because they were kind of already setting up <laughs> but they were kind of already setting up his character to go down that path of like getting fed up with this shit because he had you know his hands were tied or whatever so the idea that that was all an elaborate ruse and I'm actually saying this meta narratively for, <laughs> for his swan song as a character because then he's killed uh, right after
2: yeah, minutes later yeah
1: hmm. I I thought it was beautiful.
2: Um, So the scene with Wolf Blitzer... Yeah. um, Such a great name. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I actually thought that scene was brilliant. Um, I loved all of the setup for that thematically, and also just how it all just played out with the walls falling down and and everything with it. Um, But... I just, like, this series just continues to just wink at the audience if you're paying attention. Like, if yeah. you're someone like us who's seen most of the Mission Impossible films, or all of them, and you've seen them multiple times, you're like, when you watch something like that, you know exactly what's coming. And it's just, like, almost... It, they're almost, like, kind of laughing with you, At this, in my yeah, opinion. Absolutely. And yeah. the same thing with the Sean Harris scene. Like, I knew that was coming, so it made the rest of everything that happened especially the part with Angela Bassett, everything with Alec Baldwin, like, like they're laying the breadcrumbs for Henry Cavill and Sean Harris. And then they are just falling into the trap, which I, I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Anyways, finishing my opening remarks, which I started about 28 minutes ago. Uh, I thought this film was absolutely fantastic. I, um, I don't know any other really way to say it. This is one of the best action films I've ever personally seen. And I say that because I thought every action set piece here worked for the most part. I, I honestly can't think of one major action scene in this film that I was disappointed with. And even if there are some scenes that go on a little bit too long, like the final helicopter chase probably could have been a little
1: shorter. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the Paris chase. There was a few too many acts in there. Yeah! Like I like pretty much all the individual moments, mm-hmm. but if they would have broken that in half and made them two actual separate scenes, that may have been a little more. The uh,
2: the Paris chase, why that really worked for me is because as someone who's been to Paris twice, yeah, uh, and who has done that before, oh, obviously, yeah.
0: Um, so what do you do when you're right. in Paris and you're American? I mean, when in
2: Paris. Uh, I think it's Rome. Thank you. You're welcome. I I was trying to tie it all back in. Oh. <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> why are you doing that now? <laughs> why are you in the Joker lab?
0: That's why right, I thought he sounded
2: like. When... That's the second Suicide Squad mention on this I like episode. I was doing That's more of a, like a problem. I think it's like, no,
0: you were better. He was, he ruined it. I think that the Suicide Squad is just a curse that will follow us. Third to, mention. To, our, to our, our fucking Well, our souls are trapped in the uh, Katana. <laughs> yeah. This here's Katana. Joel Kinnaman. Her soul. <laughs> Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. All right, wrap him hey, up. Wrap him up.
2: I don't. Uh, what was I talking about? You were talking
0: about in conclusion. Paris. This is one of the best films I've yes. seen. Uh, well, best films. The best film I've seen so far this year. Yeah.
2: One of the best action films you've I've ever seen, seen. Even though, and the Paris scene, uh, which I was talking about specifically, there is never one part that they just repeat. Like they are actually going into different places, which makes it wonderful. Also, too, um, there is no doubt in my mind that. Christopher McQuarrie has seen Michael Mann's Heat before because there are multiple mentions throughout this that are clear that he knows exactly what that film is, and this film is actually winking at the film Heat quite a few times. Can I
1: say that when I saw this movie the day before you were going to see it. Mm-hmm. I walked out of a the theater and I was on a high because I really liked it. Yeah. But I was going to text you and then <laughs> I decided not to because I was afraid I was going to get you too hyped for it. Mm-hmm. I think I said vaguely like, oh, I definitely think this will be your favorite Mission Impossible. Yeah. But even that I was like, I got, I, like, I already knew that. Like, I just, whatever. But one of the things I was going to say that night, that I didn't, because I didn't want to ruin anything, even though I don't consider it, like, a spoiler. And I don't think you would either, but I still wanted you to just go into a blind. Right. Yeah. I was literally going to type out the sentence. There is a sequence in the midway through the movie in which it is, like, a dreamlike version of the truck heist. In, yes. In... Uh, Heat. Yes. And I was just, like, wanted to, like, drop that just because you hadn't seen it yet, whatever. But I decided not to because I didn't want to, like, whatever. Mm. But, like, when I was watching that, that's all I could think about. And Mm. all I could think about was, like, how wet your pants were going to be after (laughs) that scene.
2: I mean, it seems pretty clear to me that this... Christopher McQuarrie clearly had seen heat before because that scene is I mean it's not the exact same obviously no. but it is it is like winking the fuck and at And can I just say though
1: that I and I'm not actually joking I wish that scene was real I'm not saying I don't see why it wasn't a dream wh- even while it was happening but I actually thought that the movie was going to go off the deep end and show it It would have been a lot more interesting to yes. see that happen to Ethan Can And character. I say that to someone who's like a I love this movie mm-hmm. But, man, did I thought that that was going to, like, actually going to fucking kick this into overdrive. That would have been. And make uh, me go, holy shit. Yeah. See, now, they're they, already black ops.
0: I don't think that Tom Cruise would have created that, though.
1: No, I'm not saying he would. Yeah. But I thought for a moment, I would like, uh, Yeah, although oh. right, yeah.
0: <gasps> I, I was
2: very um, happy about a moment that happens pretty soon after that scene. Uh, where Tom Cruise has a moment where he has to decide what he's going to do, and he just murders all the people who are coming after them. And I actually fucking love that scene. Yeah. um, I thought that was delightful. Yeah. And he tried to avoid it. Tried to tell the cop to get the fuck out of there, but... Nope. Mm. She, but he gets the she cop couldn't. out of there. Yeah, yeah, what you gonna do? Um, also, I, it did just almost every action sequence. I mean, the... All of the events that happened with the uh, the dive out of the airplane and the lightning going through the storm, I mean... <laughs> that was funny.
0: fucking... That reminded me of the one good scene from that recent Godzilla film huh. when they were doing the halo jump yeah, above I uh, Godzilla. I was like, yep, yeah, that's, that's fucking awesome.
2: Yeah. I love that Henry Cavill pretty much gets struck by lightning. Yeah, fuck uh, that guy. And he has to get... Pretty much saved by Tom Cruise. Which Cruise's was to mask the
1: fact that Henry Cavill was not doing his own stunts. But, yeah, but that's Tom fine. Cruise, No, I mean, like I actually say that as like a funny thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then Henry Cavill and his mustache get saved by Tom Cruise, and then I love that Tom Cruise almost dies landing on the roof. And then Henry Cavell walks up to him and says, oh, it looks like you lost your oxygen tank. And I just just fucking love that. I thought that was brilliant. Overall, uh, this is one of the better action films I've ever seen. Uh, There's nonstop, just wonderful pacing from start to finish. And this is just a great film. Also, too, uh, really random. This film has a great uh, cinematography shot that happens uh, when, um, I believe... It is uh p- 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 what's her name in the film? The main female character. Hm? Ilsa. Yes. She's going after Ethan, uh, and trying to find him uh when they're still in Paris, and then he finally stops and sees her and then they slowly walk in between the LA of trees mm-hmm. uh and it goes from light into dark and being like kind of covered away from people. I just fucking love That's that. That's their world. Yeah. I know, but but it was yeah, it made sense and mm-hmm. it was also a fantastic shot. Yeah. So that was great. And the film for the most part I thought was just wonderful and I cannot throw many more roses at it. So yeah. That's it for my forty one minute. Open. And, yeah. yeah. Go ahead yourself.
0: Uh I like this film. I'm not even a huge fan of Mission Impossible in general. I think I've seen one, I've seen three, and I've seen the one before this, which is Rogue Nation. Um, Yeah, I really did enjoy this film. I came out of it. It I I wouldn't say that it's one of the best action movies I've ever seen, but it is definitely the best action film of the year, like far and away. There's just – there's no competition, and it feels like – feels like a a disservice to this film that there isn't as as many films that even like reach halfway to the fucking showed up for nobody else fucking showed up and i'm just like why even like go like 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 over the top but i'm glad that it did i just feel like it deserves more it deserves more competition for how how good of a film it actually is as, as an action film um I liked uh, Tom Cruise. I liked Simon Pegg. I liked all the principal actors. I liked uh, even like Alec Baldwin, even though he wasn't in this a lot. It was like it was a interesting way to send off that character. And I think the reason why that character died in the first place is because Jeremy Renner – Decided not to come back for this film because he was actually being courted by the director to come back to die in the first scene, and that would be the instigating factor that would spawn everything and fallout. I think that was supposed to be maybe the namesake of that—the fallout of his of his character's death. But for one reason or another, his character is just uh, conspicuously just absent, probably because he's busy. I don't know, playing, like, darts or arrows and shit with some fucking superhero film. I don't give a fuck. She was
1: playing tag with those childhood best friends.
0: Yeah, playing tag with those childhood best friends. Um, I think that one of my favorite favorite what? scenes... This is the movie Tag. One yeah. of my favorite uh, yeah. scenes in this entire film was the actual, like, Paris, like, club scene. And just watching uh, this this... And and, and I, guess, I guess this is pretty typical of like a Mission Impossible like setup where there's a plan that they're going into that and then the best late plans just go awry and then they just have to make it up as they go. And I thought that was just really like, like the whole bathroom scene into actually like moving for the actual like party into actually moving into the auction house into him having to like fend off all those people and – defend like the the concierge and get to her place in order to be able to keep up his cover even though he was still using his real fucking face um i thought that was just really entertaining and i just enjoyed that from start to finish in that part um where i do think that this film sort of falters in my opinion is like i wish it had a better villain i don't like henry cavill like at all at in this in this role i think he's just a milk toast douchebag in 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 general like and i and i pretty much call his car that he's going to be the fucking villain from like the moment that you see him And, and and i'm not saying that this has to be the most inspired thing but it's just i just i don't see a lot of dimension in this character other than him being an asshole and having this fucking stupid beard and this fucking like like mustache or some shit and i'm just like when he's explaining like his own take uh in paris as to why ethan hunt is the actual bad guy to angela bassett i'm just like why can you not smell this man's bullshit like he's literally constructing a premise out of whole cloth and i know that you well, you don't have any love for ethan hunt or for the 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 m i six team but it's like it really you even call him out on it that he's trying to like try saving his own ass and that's what he's doing and you don't you don't hold him to that it was like, this is fucking bullshit.
1: I'm with you in the sense that I genuinely do think Henry Cavill's villain could have been built up better. Yeah. Even if he can't really announce himself, obviously, early mm-hmm. on in the film. I will say I slightly disagree with the basically the scene where he lays it all out to frame Ethan. Because I actually thought that was kind of... Nicely written because every time he was going through that mental, well, not mental, but when he was going through that checklist or whatever, mm-hmm. I liked how that was literally this guy like throwing the first four film, five films back in Ethan's face mm-hmm. to basically say, Look,
0: how that. many times can a man be disavowed before right. he just like fucking snaps and so just like, like goes to the dark side? I'm not saying it's not flimsy, yeah. but
1: I like that if it had to hinge on one thing, I thought the scene itself mm-hmm. was actually kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But I agree that. Between uh, Cavill and between uh, Mr. Harris returning, mm-hmm. I feel like they had two villains because they didn't really know how to build up one. And I and I say this as someone who's not watching these movies for the villains, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty much okay with that. But I I can kind of see where two
2: something.
0: Philip from. Seymour Hoffman was really good in three. Like I enjoyed Seymour
2: uh, uh, Hoffman's just a good actor.
0: Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, was rest, a good yeah actor. rest in peace. Mm-hmm. But I I have a question. Um, going off of that because you guys have seen all of the Mission Impossible films, right?
2: I have not I ever have. seen number 3.
0: You haven't seen number 3. That's fine. Um yeah. but you've seen all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as, you know, Mission Impossible historians in your own respect, yes. has there ever been a film, has there ever been a Mission Impossible film where Ethan did have to go off the reservation with from like the first like fuck up scene where like he had to Yeah,
1: the very first movie. Okay. Like literally he – the whole first half hour of the first movie mm-hmm. is him with the team, and then there's a the mole, and yeah. that mole betrays everybody. Yeah. And then he cannot
0: – Go back to – Right. He
1: literally then is by himself. Okay. And I'm not saying he's not being strung along because he is, mm-hmm. but technically that the whole first movie is that. Okay, And then he gets even a meeting with one of the – uh, higher ups, and even he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bring you in now." Yeah. And so no, that whole movie is about him trying to prove his own innocence amidst this because the operation goes so wrong that he's the only surviving member. So it looks like he did it.
0: Mm. So I guess he, I was thinking that maybe like a way for this franchise to continue. I mean, it's obviously going to continue or whatever, but it's like it would what? be it would be nice to have a maybe we could I have like I still
1: a, do more with maybe, that. Yeah, idea. have like
0: a contemporary take now that sort of premise without necessarily having to sacrifice the characters that we've already grown I... to like have an affinity also, for. Also Ghost
1: Protocol technically it's, it's named that because yeah. that is an element of that movie. I, I wouldn't say okay. he goes a hundred percent off the grid, but the idea is that very early on um, he, he initiate Alec Baldwin initiates what's known as Ghost Protocol because he has to lay low.
2: I would love the idea of The uh, Mask
1: and Mission Impossible. Fucking
2: damn it. I would love the idea of this film series doing the inverse of what something like Fast and the Furious is doing and having Jeremy Renner come back in the next film and be the villain.
3: Yeah,
1: I can see that.
0: Give hmm? me an interesting explanation, like a retroactive explanation. Uh, I'm
2: good with whatever in this film series. I don't
1: series. think it has to be retroactive. I feel like his disappearance... Due to external things, like mm-hmm. not within the movie. Yeah, it was really busy almost... working on the first Infinity War. So. <laughs> but I think his disappearance alone could literally already breed speculation as to, like, what were you doing? Like, why would you mm-hmm. just show up right now? Yeah. And then they could work with that, like, as a springboard for, oh, well, you know what? When I actually showed up before that, I was spying on you and yeah, I mean, then it, I went back to Mother Russia and uh, well, uh, sure, it yeah.
2: needs to be done better than the Christoph Waltz character in the last James Bond film yeah. but uh, I thought it would be just wonderful um, I'll just ask... get a whole room <sighs>
1: just remember photos when did this oh in Mission Impossible 2 when he pointed uh, up remember when you did this oh rest <laughs> in peace Phil.
2: Uh, remember when
1: you did this
2: <laughs> uh, this is somewhat of a hot take I guess But I think Henry Cavill is actually a pretty good actor, Mm -hmm. and I actually enjoy almost every role I've ever seen him in, except for in Man of Steel. I thought that movie sucked, Mm -hmm. Uh, and his performance was very bad.
1: I'm between the two of you. Mm -hmm. I do not have anything against him, but I also do think he's bland. Yeah,
2: which is fine. Uh, I think that blandness perfectly fit into what that. This character might be my favorite thing I've seen
1: him in. To be completely yeah, honest, damn. I haven't. I haven't seen him in The Man from Uncle, which I've heard is actually kind of fun.
0: I, I quite enjoy. He that. basically plays this character. That's well,
2: fine. Then I would watch
1: that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
2: him and him and Army Hammer okay. that are, are pretty good.
1: Can I say one thing that I wish this movie had more of? And okay. I don't mean that, in that it would make it a better movie, but it would make it a movie more tailored to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, hardcore sex. Okay. That was a joke. Uh, well, it's not a joke, but um, I kind of wanted more fisticuffs. I thought that bathroom scene, I, I, fisticuffs, like pow-pow, not, I can't, get your mind out of the gutter, Tucson. Cool,
0: I'm sorry. You just said that. And
1: then I, I just said what?
0: You just said hardcore sex. And then um, you, I don't think I did. And then, Thank and then, you. And then you went to...
1: Okay. Wow, well, Tucson is gaslighting me in front of America. In
3: front uh, of America. What the fuck? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> oh yeah let's let's roll back the tape <laughs> okay uh but no i kind of wanted a few more fist fights. i feel like after that bathroom scene we don't really get that and that bathroom scene was my favorite action set piece of the movie and i liked them all Literally, I I mean, I did, Uh, but man, was I never more exhilarated than watching that little guy get up again and again, and have those two work together to try to beat the shit out of him to the the point where they accidentally kill him.
2: Well, not really. No, he he gets shot in the head by. um... I guess not
1: accidentally, but that wasn't the original. No, he. he But it is a.
2: It is a. uh, There were some unintended consequences. And it's a good
1: moment as a villain, as far as. Thinking like, oh, he just does things all the way, or yeah. or does he just not want things to go right for you yeah. yep.
2: um, yeah, that scene is fantastic, uh it's in the trailer, but when they it throw is. when they throw him through the mirror and he comes flying out the other side, that's just wonderful
1: it I was surprised by how much of that like the two or three high points of that set piece that's in the trailer, and yet that scene still is amazing on its own um, with like the people coming in to the bath.
2: That is, that is, um, that's a scene that probably would have played a lot better in like the late nineties. Yeah. But even so, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I guess
1: like <sighs> comedy wise, I wasn't like cracking up, but suspense wise, that was kind of like, where's
2: it going? Where's it going? Where's it going? Well, here's the thing. The fact that they come back and then try to get in on the action in the stall, uh, even if they were just joking, I thought that was a little bizarre.
1: Yeah, but it's also kind of great.
2: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. um, It's very sex
1: positive. It's kind of like, you know what? There's sex happening behind this door. We weren't invited. Yep. And uh, Mother May I.
2: So, here's something I... Oh, okay. So, here is... I'm not sure if this is a plot hole, and it doesn't change my rating on this film at all, but... I was confused about this uh, when I walked out of the theater, and I still am. So okay. Those words at the end, those are credits. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm, we cleared that part up, but okay. I've still got something else. So, okay. So the blonde girl who almost gets shot multiple times is actually working for
0: the CIA, right? She did not originally work for the CIA, she's but she like is like working. a rat. In, yeah, she is you working You know, like she's a criminal, Yeah,
1: but at this point in time, the only way to not go to jail is to continue being what she was okay.
2: for okay. the CIA. Right. That's fine. That being said, yeah. Ethan Hunt gets framed from Henry Cavill, kind of, uh, for fucking up the plutonium thing, but she, working for the CIA, is the one who steals the plutonium?
1: Uh. I... I don't even know what that means. I, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't mean literally. Like, I, I mean, I barely remember the plot sure, details of this movie. That's fine. So I genuinely, I'm sure you might be even right as far as that makes no sense. I don't
2: know if I'm right.
1: But I
0: kind of hope I'm not. But at the same time, plot is not a priority in these films. But I understand your no, contention with that.
2: But if in a film that's going to do this much backsliding throughout, um, I'm expecting them to think about things. This is also, though, a movie in which –
1: is it the opening scene or next to the opening scene where – I mean, that was one of the – like, in a series filled with exposition, his mission, should he choose to accept it, scene was one of the worst PowerPoints ever. It was literally a hundred slides of every single recurring character that will show up in that movie and exactly what their stake is and exactly what their relationship is to each and every single one of them. And it was kind of insane. Usually it's like a good 20 seconds of like, oh, there's a man and he wants to buy weapons. You should go fight him and then it's only then do they start to learn the but hero was like okay here's the whole entire story and can you please go through it
2: the uh that scene in the last film rogue nation is actually quite brilliant yeah it's phenomenal because there. that scene uh ends up it's it's not real no. and then he should be killed or uh, at that point or no it's that no, he gets gassing. gassed, yeah. and then he sees the girl in the record store being killed by yep. Sean Harris, and it's just delightful. Yeah, no,
1: that is one. Of, and they've done some great variations on that scene, yeah. and that's one of the best of this series. This might be the worst one. I love the way it was filmed. like It was gorgeous with the light and the kind of, I wouldn't say fog, but whatever, the the dust in the air, I don't know, in his lonely apartment or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, like It looked great, and it sounded great, but whew, we did not need like a three-minute Uh, Prezi on
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow that's a
2: throwback no actually I said
1: powerpoint earlier but actually it's more like a Prezi this fucking bombastic never ending scroll of shit so
0: confusing oh Prezi (laughs) it's cool but it's just fucking confusing Eh.
2: please
1: put that Prezi line in the opening because now that's all I'm going to think about (laughs) and now I really hope that Prezi is in a future movie
2: that would be that be quite the something. Like they go back to two thousand
1: and nine. Right. To... <laughs> no, no, no. They're, it's like it'll be like twenty twenty two. But they're using Prezi because they know that no one would ever hack a Prezi.
0: Wow, damn! I'm just saying. Can you imagine the team of people who actually have to create those like dossiers and like debriefings for Ethan? That Hunt? would
1: be the worst job. Like on the one hand, oh wait, do you mean the people in real life?
0: Like No, th- I mean the people in the film.
1: That's what I mean. Like the people who would do that in the narrative. Yeah. I thought that meant... Most of those... I thought you meant the prop people who had to create. That's like the actual progression of that stupid... Mm.
2: Most of those kind of things, at least up until, I don't know, maybe like 15 years ago. Those were all just fucking gibberish for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Um, you weren't supposed what, to be able to what, read it. And- Wes Anderson is someone who like spends time writing yeah. that shit down yeah. in something that is seriously a flash. He's more you of a keynote guy. Yeah, but that is that is fucking dedication. Yeah. Like in something that no one will ever see, I'm going oh to write it.
0: A- Could you
1: like envision a Wes Anderson Prezi? A Wesy Prezi? Like that would be.
0: Oh man! An Mission think... Impossible film? No, just in, any just movie. in
1: general. Like I would yeah. just like if Wes was like, "Hey, come over to my apartment. Have you guys heard of this? By the way, uh, I sound like Jay Leno." Um this is interesting. Uh, Good place to be. No, but have you heard of these this new trend where... People like,
2: go and do prezies together?
1: What? Actually, pretty much. Yeah. Oh my Not God. Prezzies, they, have, they have presentation but parties. But it's like a drunk presentation party where everybody brings a two-minute PowerPoint of something they love. Oh, like you oh do put God. together... Like whatever the fuck you want, and everyone just drinks, and everyone gives their two minute presentation on something that they just absolutely love. like. You would do it on like the scene from Heat, and you'd be like, "This is why this scene fucking rocks," and you'd be drunk while you're doing it. I'm actually,
2: I'm actually kind of on board for this.
1: No, no, I am too. Like I'm not mocking it at all. But anyway, what um, I do it on?
2: Uh, Marshall McLuhan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the medium is the message, oh. my friends.
1: Come wow. on. And I would do it on the uh, golden age of uh, pornography. <laughs> Mostly so that way I could just show random clips. Like, ha, you're all watching this. Look, that's piss.
0: That's great. That's great.
1: But anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mission you know, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't life doesn't get better than that.
2: Okay. So here's something I will ask, because this is actually something about this, and we've gotten way off topic, and oh, yeah. I, I don't no. know... I don't know what more there really needs to be said about Mission Impossible, unless anybody really has something they want to discuss as a group. Nope. Yeah. But I will ask this question. Uh, what did everybody think about Michelle Monaghan as she is, like, come and gone throughout this series? But That's she has right. somewhat of a larger role in the third act of yeah. this film. Uh, and I actually thought it was
0: quite delightful. You mean his original wife, who mm-hmm. had to go into yeah. hiding? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought it was a nice callback. Michelle Monaghan, whose career has gone nowhere,
2: yeah. she yeah. was in the first season of True Detective, mm-hmm. and basically that's really all she's done mainstream-wise. Yeah, but
0: I actually think that's
1: uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
0: What was the, that? Was that was the before decades. the fucking Iron Man? Oh my god! Anyway, okay. um, Iron so, Man. So, oh, yeah. I said, well, I said I it was Robert Robert Johnny Johnny Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah it, it was I'm before. Only no, thing of Michelle Monaghan. It was, it was Sorry, the, DC fanboy. It was the immediate film before Iron Man. It's when. Yeah. Robert Jr. Jr. was coming back into hey, the limelight. Hey, hey. Uh, anyway. Was that um,
2: before Good Night, Good Luck?
0: I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, Honestly, yeah. um, so Michelle Monaghan, she was... What was the first time her character was actually in this, this franchise? Three. Three? Okay, I saw They that. literally
1: introduced yeah. her as them being married and whatnot. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. it had been quite a few years between two and three. Okay.
0: Um, uh, yeah, she's okay.
1: I enjoyed that as well. Mostly because... Four and five hinted at the idea that, like, Ethan's really struggling because he had to break up with his wife from three, yep. so the fact that they were able to get her back, just was a nice little, I wouldn't even call it a callback, but like a nice actual check-in and just a reminder to Ethan and the audience that even if these are loosely connected, there still is a central character at the heart of it all, and it's the people that he protects that make him what he is,
2: so... Well, and I love how that comes full circle at the end where she talks about how her life has changed because of all the events that have happened, yeah, also too uh, that dream sequence, which just kind of take it or leave it early on, take it or leave
1: it, but I'm very glad because of Matre were uh that that was not a real Because I remember yeah. watching Mat. I'm like, wait a minute,, oh, fuck. and why Mission would you impossible pick him? doesn't really do dream sequences, yeah. so I'm glad that they did
2: but. Um, it actually ended up working out, and actually that really paid off uh, when, I don't remember exactly what the uh, term was, but she uses a line of dialogue um, that includes a term that, that they were throwing around earlier. I don't remember what it is offhand, but it was fucking awesome. And the fact that they have Wes Bentley, who the last time I remember seeing him was in the first Hunger Games uh, as he's about to get murdered by uh, Donald Sutherland. Um I thought he was perfectly cast in that yeah. that sort of nice. <laughs> doctor role, uh, and I thought it was wonderful. really Cressy the Clown? I mean, he was a pretty big goober. He so was. He was a nice
1: was, guy. Yeah.
2: In this series, yes, he's a new, nice guy slash goober.
1: I think, why don't you just say what you really want to say. He was a beta cuck. <laughs> wow.
0: We're miles beyond a glitch now. Sees all motor functions.
2: So who wants to go who wants to go first for ratings?
0: Um I'm gonna give this a four out of five. Okay. I liked it. Thought okay. It was, thought it was a good movie. Hmm. I would recommend it. Thank you Tucson. Uh
2: I will go since Nick has decided to stop participating in this episode for the time being. And he's sleeping. That's going great. Uh, I thought this was
0: my favorite film of the year so far. Violent
1: something, violent something.
0: Yeah, sure. Definitely. That's the uh, line, right? Yeah. Yeah. From Westworld? These violent delights of violent ends.
2: Oh, yeah, that. They literally repeat that about 40 times. Yeah, the first I did watch season two. S- season two, so. Uh, the finale is fantastic. Mm. Have you watched it? Mm. Shut the fuck up then. <laughs> um. It's it's an old it's an old weekend review here from Tucson. Mm, it wasn't that good. Oh, what which what part did you like? Oh, I haven't
0: watched it. I read about it.
2: Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes!
1: You were the character in Noah Baumbach's No, With Stillman's first film. Sorry, well they were similar in the same era and same. I know, but I like that you stopped yourself. I <laughs> did. With Stillman's feature film uh, debut, uh, Metropolitan, uh, Tom. Who famously, in his movie, said, "Oh, I don't read novels. I read good literary criticism." i mean like, "Oh, so that's where you get all your opinions from."
3: <laughs> oh.
1: it, I'm making a joke yeah. on you, but that character is a great example of that actual stereotype, and it's mm. really insufferable.
2: Mm. And you also read verse. <laughs> Sorry, Whit Stillman. It's great. Drop there. <laughs> Anyways, this is a wonderful action film. Uh, A good performance, again, by Tom Cruise, as these are clearly uh, his bag. Also, most of their characters are wonderful here. And uh, almost every single set piece just hits all of the right notes throughout this. I give this a four and a half out of five, and I would recommend this to anybody. And I have. I've told everyone I can that they should go see this, because this is a wonderful film and a perfect summer blockbuster. So... That's
1: what I got. Hell yeah. I also enjoyed this. I thought the action scenes were delightful. I wanted a few more punches, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought the plot was actually pretty decent. Um, It was good on a scene-by-scene basis where it didn't... uh, get too crazy to the point where I just thought it was like a ridiculous labyrinth of like double crosses and whatnot. It was pretty straightforward and I appreciated that. Um, And man we didn't talk about it too much really at all but I will give a shout out to this Final climatic action scene where we have three threads happening, and (laughs) all three are just as suspenseful as the other, and all three have a different flavor to them, and all three have different emotional stakes. Whether it's Tom Cruise doing his thing with Henry Cavill, you know, off in the distance, or um, Ilsa and Simon Pegg suffering at the hands of the villain that Tom Cruise, or I should say Ethan Hunt, failed to truly, quote unquote, put down in the last movie. Or, of course, his ex wife and uh, Victor, who's the only person who's been in all five films, or all six films with Ethan, which I think is a nice detail that it's those two that are paired off, which are his long term mm-hmm. uh, people, yeah. um, who are just trying to do their best under. Uh, excruciating circumstances like that is such an amazing uh trifecta of action set pieces uh that i'm still kind of just getting, i don't know giddy when i think about how well it pulled that off so um i i think this is a phenomenal action film and uh, i definitely think it's one of the best mission impossible which is to say that what's crazy is that it's not even my favorite mission impossible and yet like it's still so goddamn good that this is easily becoming one of my top five favorite franchises ever made. Like that's just mm. how consistent these six films have ever you know have been.
0: Now I have to ask, what are your favorite franchises?
1: I'd have to think about that. Okay. That's why I kind of like question when I said top five, mm. T- top ten for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're just talking like, I guess when I say franchise. I kind of start to get a little snobbish and eliminate things like the Before Trilogy. and Not because it's not a franchise, but because...
0: It's a series?
1: I think of it more as something that wasn't commodified into being an existing perpetuating thing. Yeah, I understand. That. But it became its own
0: living entity it exists on its own wavelength yeah Yeah.
1: so I guess I'm thinking more of slightly in the cheap seats here a little bit okay Um, so this is definitely though uh, one of those and um, and that's not a derogatory uh, perspective as far as how much I like them so yeah I absolutely think this one is a fucking banger and it's four out of five for me wonderful and I could easily like I was between four and four and a half I just kind of want to see it again to see what I think of it like truly compared to the others right
2: on. So, if you out there have any thoughts on Mission Impossible Fallout or The Meg, uh, you can always send them on to us at FilmTankShow at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram occasionally at filmtankshow. So, a filmmaker who we have really not hit on throughout the history of Film Tank yet is Spike Lee. Uh, we've probably talked a little bit about his films that are, have happened recently. I know we've talked a little bit about 25th Hour every now and then, but we've also had some comments on Chirac and also the on... The sweet
0: blood of Jesus.
2: <laughs> also...
1: Inside man. <ma'am. laughs>
2: also, uh, we talked a little bit, I think, about his remake of Old Boy. But, um... Yeah, even
1: though none of us have seen it.
2: No, no, which is fine. Yep. Um, oh, and
1: I one time uh, complained about Malcolm X. <laughs> because <me and> t- <laughs> not the not the person.
0: <laughs> no, no. let's just leave it at that. Let's just leave it at that. You, I, I had a bone to pick with Malcolm X. <laughs> Goddamn red hair. Uh, He's not a real black person. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> I may
1: disagree with you, but God damn it, do I respect you. Oh, Malcolm. my
0: God. That uh, final scene. Uh, I'm Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. That's here's a here's a funny pit about that. Here's a funny bit about that. Those Is there children anything? Children are other-
1: still locked in that
2: studio.
0: No. Okay. So next week, what are we doing?
1: Do the right thing. I was
2: going to get there. We're going to do a double episode. Okay. to Talk about Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. We're going to review both. Uh, His Rise to Prominence, which was Do the Right Thing, and also his recent film that is currently in theaters, Black Klansman. Okay,
0: so here's the funny thing. Michael Washington, who is the starring role of Black Klansman, who is the son of Denzel Washington, originally was in Malcolm X and was the kid who, like, leapt up and said, I'm Malcolm X. Yep. So I thought right. that was that was interesting.
1: It is, and I think there's actually some stuff to say about that on the episode, mm. as far as
0: the inadvertent succession of that. Yeah. The yeah.
1: black lineage of Spike Lee's cinema. Yeah, but I don't want to like get too far into. That. That's fine. We we'll will do talk that next week. about
2: it probably at length on episode oh, yeah. 164 coming up uh, soon. Yeah. So. From Nick Cheney, to Sant Egan, myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much for joining us on this episode, and we will catch up with you next time here on Film Tank.
0: This message will self-destruct. <laughs>